Turn on the webcam. Get your dick out. <laughs> I was gonna take a picture of them. Time it. I think I'll. Jeez, oh, I was gonna take a picture and just be like, "Hey." <laughs> Welcome to the Soxcast, episode 68, yeah! I'm the macho man Randy Savage, here to give you the hottest podcast in video game history, yeah! Gonna take the world championship of podcasting, you dig it? I, I dig it. I dig it. You do? That's good. That's good. Hey everybody, no. it's a Soxcast episode where I'm present! Oh my god! Hi, Holly! <laughs> How how you guys did excellent in my absence? Yeah, we had we had one with Taylor and then one with just me and Anna and then one with just me and Red. Yeah, you guys you guys did you did wonderfully, fantastic. I'll give you an applause. I'm gonna take a quick moment at the top of the episode because I want to give a big big shout out to our boy Carmichael McAllis for this episode's album art because it is simply freaking amazing. he I did fell out this. Of my seat, basically, yeah, amazing. He did this really awesome poster that you have to go to the site and see. It's just to view it in its full glory. It is simply amazing. I can't thank him enough. So thank you very much for that, Carmi. Uh, we fucking love it. And yeah, that's 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 just good shit. Yep. 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 To my immediate virtual right, he calls his left testicle in the technodrome. He he calls his right testicle the Technodrome. It's Rhett! I'm not sure where that Ninja Turtles reference was going. <laughs> John is very much enjoying it, though. John loves it. John, well, John is a big fan of testicles and Technodromes. So, like, when you put the two together, you yeah. know. See, I, th- I thought you'd go for, like, oh, the left one is Technodrome and the right one is Krang or something. No. Nah. The left one's the Technodrome and the right one's the Videodrome. It's actually a reference from the, uh, um, the, 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 the stream that me and Ashley did of, Silent, or, uh, of Resident Evil 1, I believe. Getting that good intertextual <laughs> kind of interuniversal connections there going yeah, on. Yeah, we're, we're all about the inside jokes. Well, yeah, well, well I mean, that's even, another way to put it. Even without the context... Even without the context of it being a joke, it still works because it's funny. Because I just love the idea of Rhett just, th- you know, Rhett's balls being so big that they're technodromes. Especially now that we've gone over it a bunch. Yeah. I, like that really I will go all over <laughs> Rhett's balls. Just like, <laughs> tongue slopping all over them things. Just sliding all up and down. Just well, well. Oh, we wah. missed you, huh? <laughs> Red, are you ready for a podcast? I guess so. You guess so? That's good to hear. To my immediate virtual left, ladies and gentlemen, the only hope America has, it's John Thayer. Holly. Yo. The next episode is the sex number. It. 
Yeah. Nice. Nice. Okay. I'll, I'll just hold on to that until the next episode. Yeah, but yeah. We'll edit that, that out was, in I, post. That's been on my brain for the last five minutes. Oh, <laughs> where's John's brain at? Still thinking about 69. The sex number. That's the sex number. That's the sex Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, when we get to episode 420, it's going to be wild in here. Damn! <laughs> like, it is just going to be a demand that you two are high for that. Oh, <laughs> I don't care if Rhett won't be able to talk. Just him mumbling <laughs> for 20 minutes best. would yeah, be the best. Time. Rhett, what did you do? <laughs> well, well. <laughs> and he just, he only manages to ever get out the word well every 20 seconds. <laughs> I like this idea. <laughs> We're all going to be dead by episode 100 anyway. So. Aww. Yeah. Top spoilers. <laughs> oh, it's like the comic. Yeah. I remember, ages yeah. ago. Episode. Was it 50? Pat and Polly died? Yeah. Deep cut here. Deep cuts. We're yeah, we're going deep here. We're going deep here. Just like Red's dick inside me. <laughs> John Thire. Yeah. You got big news. Yeah, I do. Kick us kick the show off with some big news, man. That's a video game. You what? Funky Kai, it's a scrolling shooter shooter game. It's hard. Never heard of it. I really like it. it. Never heard of it. Yeah. You can go, you can find it at farawaytimes.com. It's yeah, it's a Game Boy kind of resolutiony black and white shooting game, kind of like the ones I used to make, but haven't made for a while. And I really like it. I think it's real good. I think it is a fantastic little game, and you have absolutely no reason to not check this game out because it's fucking fifteen minutes long. And three. like five years in development. Five so years in development. That's three minutes a year. That's a lot more accurate than he'd like to admit. <laughs> it takes a long time to make shots. It's so hard. There's so you have to put all those tiles. That's like thousands of tiles just placed by hand. And at the very start of it, I had it going at like the normal R-type scrolling speed. And then I was like, "What if I make it twice as fast?" Oh, I love this. Oh, I. <laughs> Well, this means I'll have to do twice as much level, but that's fine. <laughs> I like your own impression of yourself. Yeah. It's pretty good. Like, Rhett's... Oh, hey, I'm John Thayer. Wow, Rhett has a good impression. That's a good impression of my impression of myself. Yeah. Rhett, Rhett did a very terrible very impression. Oh, my. <laughs> he did a very terrible impression really of me. I wasn't trying to do an impression. It's so of, terrible. Like, two, Every time Rhett... Every time Rhett does an impression, it's always... <laughs> That's his. Except his fucking. Rhett, uh, oh, tell us no, how no. Japanese people talk. No. He's got a real hard uh, Japanese person impression. He's oh, according to the Ghost of the Shell movie, Japanese people talk exactly like this. That's like... his. Well, oh, damn. <laughs> Boom! Topical! <laughs> but. Oh, good redirection there. But Kakai is finally out, inspired by Echo the Dolphin's Welcome to the Machine. What's it feel like to finally just, like, have this thing out there and people being, like, playing it and shit? Anticlimactic. But that's okay, I knew it was gonna be. <laughs> yeah, like, we kind of experienced that with her lullaby, too. It's like, it's out! Oh. Well, it was also, it was also, this is, a, this is weird, because I finished it a month ago. 
Yeah. You kind of sp- played it like a month ago. Yeah, I played it a month ago. Yeah, exactly. And then y'all, and then I, yeah, I implemented Rhett and Polly's suggestions and implemented another person's suggestion. I changed the, I added more music, Rhett. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. less, it's not just the one song for the first like 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, cool. And that was the real main change. And then, yeah, it was finished a month ago. And then I wanted to cut a trailer because I had a website where it would work really, I thought the website would look really nice with the trailer. And mm. it does, but it, I just put it, put it off and put it off and put it off. And then I finally got the energy to it. I spent three hours mm. and just put it out. Boom. And it felt good. That kind of reminds me of how Bullet Phase was done for a while, but I wanted the intro animation. Mm-hmm. And then I put it off for like half a year. <laughs> yeah, so for you, it's like you, you wanted a trailer. You didn't want to make the trailer, though. Yeah. It so, turned out good. It's a I really like how the trailer ends. Yeah. that's and real good and how the whole thing is cut to the music mm-hmm. yes that, that was the part i focused a lot on it made me think about just how much that game is thinking really hard about music i thought really hard about um how all the music fades in and out when you're doing it in one life mm-hmm. so if you play it in one life it should play pretty well it should the music should it should be good no matter what. Yeah, I it, it vibes well with the music. You know, like, I'm not sure you like. You didn't purposefully time the game to the music, did you? No, but there's a lot. Of yeah, but there's a lot of stuff that really syncs up well if you get like a good one life run going. Yep, I'll have to try that. Yeah, it's fun. It's hard. It's hard. You really gotta have it memorized to to pull that off. But man, that's a good game. You did good so- work, John. Yeah, I made an R-Type shmup based kind of like Echo the Dolphin, and it's really good. It feels good. Since that was uh, that was the game I was fantasizing about like five years ago, well before I made Quarantine. So that feels nice. We should have a speedrun competition. <laughs> all right. We'll all get together and race it. Yeah. And whoever finishes first gets Rhett's penis! Well, wait a minute. I already have that, so <laughs> I better I better win. Oh, yeah, you better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, farawaytimes.com. It's at the top of the page. It's called Kikai. It's, it's very good. You should play it, and it's free. I yeah. think you can also find it on SocksMakePeopleSexy.net, because your website doesn't lo- like load for me half the time. That's weird. It's so uh, weird. Like, last night, like, after we'd fi- resolved it, like, just randomly at, like, 3 a.m., I clicked the link twice into two tabs. One of them worked. The other one aired out. I was like, what? What even? That's so weird because my new host is totally fine, man. Boy, that's a thing that happened. Oh yeah, yeah, that's. Oh boy, I don't want to talk about that shit. Thanks for helping. Thanks for helping me when I needed the new account. Oh, that's not a problem. That was that was what enabled me. If I had been like working on it and then I realized I couldn't log in, I would have just despaired. Yep. Good thing I caught that in a timely manner. Yep. You know, you could have waited and released it one day later, and it would have been three months exactly since her lullaby. Yeah, that's true. That would have been cool. Yeah. Speaking of her lullaby, we're going to be doing a spoiler cast on that uh, probably oh, in the next yeah. uh, in the next two or three weeks. So that'll be fun. So if you haven't oh, yeah. played that, play that too. Yeah, I really like her. I really like her lullaby. I probably like her lullaby a little more, but also it's an hour and a half. So Kika is very is. Much less demanding in that sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Kikai is also very good, super atmospheric, mm-hmm. super fun, super twitchy. It'll get you. It'll mm-hmm. get you. It, it'll get your Twitch game muscles moving. 
at the right pace. So it's good shit. Tense. That was the that was the thing people said, which made me feel good. Is that it was tense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So that's Kikai. With that, we're gonna go ahead and get the show started proper. Is everybody ready? I'm ready. Rat. Yeah. How's it going? Good. Do you want to tell us oh. what you've been doing? That's how podcasts work. <laughs> okay. You, yeah. Well, I need you to. That's how podcasts work. You okay. fucking dumbass. <laughs> well, we're switching gears now. You got to tell us what to do because you haven't been here for a bit. I just told a you. Podca- I just told big... you what to do, motherfucker. <laughs> do the motherfucking thing I told you to do, shit face. I just want to explain myself you before moving. Shit on. eating goblin. You're holding things up, you ass licking toad. <laughs> A podcast is the thing where three or more people get together and talk about what video games they've been playing. Yes, that's exactly okay. what it is. I think you can do them with two people, actually, but we've never done that's that. That's true. Uh, I've been playing Puyo Puyo Tetris, which Uh-oh. is very much exactly what it says in the title. Oh. <laughs> it's It's got Puyo Puyo and it's got Tetris, and it also has a mode where you play both at once that is completely bonkers. <laughs> it sounds absolutely fucking chaotic. I haven't, so I've only played that once just to see it. Mm-hmm. Like, the story mode seems to be building up to it as, like, the ultimate thing. Because they're like... So, th- the main thing I want to talk about this game quickly is that it has a story mode that takes itself very seriously. That's, that's and... so weird, because I remember them coming out and saying, Don't stream the story mode! Oh, yes, because the story mode is the meat of this game, really. It's like... It's pretty lengthy, and it's the whole thing is dubbed into English, which is like, where did you get the budget for this? Yeah. And, like, it's got actually, like, really good voice actors, like Xander Mobus, who did Umio in Neptunia. It's all, we're ever, it's all we're ever going to credit him as. Yeah. No, that, that, <laughs> he was the main character in Persona 5. Oh, wait. I, I actually didn't know that. Oh, okay. That's okay. real cool. I just knew he was the announcer in Smash Brothers 4. Yeah, we're just, oh, wow. he's just always going to be he's always just going to be Umio but he's always going to be Umio to us Yes, that's the joke <laughs> but like the story mode like really takes itself seriously but the weirdest thing about it is that Puyo Puyo games haven't ever been localized into English before no they now. haven't no like the first game had the whole Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine Kirby's Avalanche thing yep. and then like a whole bunch never came out then Puyo 5 did come out on the PS2 and then nothing for a while. And I think this is technically like the ninth game. So the story mode is bringing in characters from like three generations of Puyo Puyo lore, <laughs> acting like you're totally familiar with all these character relationships and just going with it. That's and it's so, so weird. <laughs> that is so weird. It's so great. And then there's a bunch of new characters who are themed after Tetris that are all named Tetris block style. L block. So L is E L L E, and then her <laughs> her friend is named J, who is J A Y. I like J. I like and this. The line piece is A I for I. <laughs> like the main the main girl is T T E E, and oh then I think the main guy is S for E S S. So like, they're all named after the fucking blocks. That's it's real good. Really silly. But then there's like a billion Puyo characters. 
Yeah. Because when, when Sega rebooted the series after they bought it, like, they made a whole new cast, but then have been bringing in the characters from the compiled games. So, like, some of these characters go back to when it wasn't even Puyo Puyo. It was, like, Mato Montagari, which was, like, a Dragon Quest-ish thing. Yeah. Like, Puyos themselves are just parodies of the freaking... Of the slimes. Uh, the Dragon yeah. Quest. It's just so weird to have, like, 20 years of lore just dumped on you <laughs> in this game. That's amazing. And the other funny thing is that in canon, they talk about this. Popping Puyos can randomly cause you to move through dimensions. (laughs) That's the story. (laughs) So, like, this is so ripe for just a dumb Neptunia crossover. Absolutely. Hitting that same completely irreverent vibe. They just do it with doggies. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So that game is, it's real silly. Or, or how how how's the puzzling? Like, is it good? Yeah, it feels real good. Like, I haven't played Puyo Puyo since Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, though, and it feels pretty much exactly the same. Mm. Apparently, that game hasn't had any rule changes since the second one, and it was like a change to how countering and versus worked. Oh, wow! It's like Puyo is like completely unchanged, though. And then Tetris has like the new where things where like you can do the quick drop by pressing up and like tetris is weird though because like getting a tetris isn't actually the most efficient way to play now where it's getting things mm. called t-spins it's like eh, you, you guys kind of messed it up because the tetris company is like super heavy-handed with how these games must work now yeah mm-hmm. like this is the rule set like you have to be able to rotate infinitely mm-hmm. when you're on the ground level and like stuff like that's not great but like the quick drop does feel super good to use yeah. Because you're just click, 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 you click, click, click. You're just dropping shit fast. in. And yeah. Those games work especially well, like, when the block drop, like, when it hits, it has a real good fucking sound to it. Or when yeah, you clear has, lines. It has a real good click to it. Like, when you yeah, I stuff. really love sound, like, good sound design in a puzzle game. Yeah. And that then makes sense. When you chain in Puyo, like, they just start screaming, like... Oh, God! <laughs> 74 murders taking place in the span of a second. This came out three years ago in Japan? Yeah. It's pretty old. I realize that. It's pretty old. It's so weird. It's weird because it came out on like Vita, PS4, and Xbox Mm -hmm. in Japan, and only PS4 and Switch in America. Yeah. Mm. And like the PS4 version is physical only, which is why I got it because I'm like, oh, this might be rare because you're not going to be able to get it on the PSN later. Oh, it's physical only? Okay. Yeah. It's super weird. Like, the Switch All version right. is digital. And Switch, right. Switch does seem like a real good fit for this game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not something about Nintendo platforms and uh, Tetris games. Kind just, of a good fit. Yeah, it just fits really well. Yeah. But, man, the story mode is pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering, like, how that would be, like, tie into the game. Because, like, there was such a big deal made out of it. But it's just like, how do you make a good story mode for a puzzle game that doesn't make sense to me it's hard to explain like they're trying to solve the mystery of why the tetris blocks have appeared and like (laughs) a shadowy character is behind the scenes they're trying to merge the universes of puyo and tetris and then there's literally like a dragon ball z training thing in like the hyperbolic time chamber where like you will face you will face characters and memories from your past so that's how they kind of bring in a bunch of the side characters characters from the other games i see i see but it sounds like that means that there's been a bunch of story modes for all these previous Puyo games yeah i'm sure there have been because like 
Ringo was the main character of Puyo Puyo 7, who replaced the previous antagonist and blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, I'm sure the Puyo games have always really cared about their stories. And that has continued with this. Ringo means apple. Yeah. Oh, so that's the dumbest thing. Ringo just literally holds an apple in her sprites. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, why didn't you just localize her name to Apple then? Yeah. Like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that's Puyo Tetris. Cool. Gosh. Cool. Polly! Yo! Anything you been up to? A lot of good music out lately. That's rad. I'll run down. I'll run down a few albums that I've had on my to listen list for the last month or so. I'll quickly do so, and I don't know. Maybe drop a few snippets in there uh, in between. Uh, the first of which is obviously kind of like the big one that kind of came out of nowhere. New Kendrick Lamar album, Damn. I got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Cocaine quarter piece, got war and peace inside my DNA. I got power, poison, pain, and joy inside my DNA. I got hustle, though, ambition, flow inside my DNA. I was born like this, this born like this. Immaculate conception, I transform like this, perform like this. What shells you a new weapon? I don't contemplate, I meditate, then off your fucking head. This that put the kiss to bed. This that I got, I got, I got, I got realness. I just kill shit, cause it's in my DNA. I got millions, I got riches building in my DNA. I got dark, I got evil that rot inside my when I was 27, I grew accustomed to more fear. Accumulated 10 times over throughout the years. My newfound life made Harlem me magnified. How many accolades do I need to block denial? The shock value of my success provokes in me. All this money is God playing a joke on me. Is it for the moment and will he see me as Joe? Take it from me and leave me worse than I was before. At 27, my biggest fear was losing it all. Scared to spend money, had me sleeping from hard to hard. Scared to go back to Section 8 with my mama stressing. 30 shows a month and I still won't buy me no Lexus. What is an advisor? Somebody that's holding my checks just to fuck me over and put my phone. Johnny wanna be a rapper like his big cousin. Johnny called a body yesterday out hustling. God bless America, you know we all love them. Yesterday I got a call like from my dog like 101. Said they killed his only son because of insufficient funds. He was sobbing, he was mobbing, way belligerent and drunk. Talking out his head, philosophing on what the Lord had done. He said, kid, I can you pray for me? It's been a fucked up day for me. I know that you anointed, show me how to overcome. He was looking for some closure, hoping I can bring him closer to the spiritual. My spirit do no better, but I told him I can sugarcoat the answer for you. This is how I feel. If somebody killed my son, that means somebody getting killed tell me what you do for love loyalty and passion of all the memories collected moments you can never touch i went in front of niggas spot and watch him hit this black um i think i think anything kendrick lamar kind of speaks for itself at this point i think even if you're not a rap fan you've heard of this guy like he's mm-hmm. just quite simply one of the most amazing and talented dudes doing what he does right now and it's just like nobody can stop him uh, but he put out another really great album. I'm not going to say that it's like on the same level of greatness as To Pimp a Butterfly because that's kind of like a magnum opus kind of album there. But this is like a, an album that's kind of on a, a different kind of spin. This is more of an introspective album. Uh, it's like uh, he seems like a very troubled man uh, and he's putting it all out there without like any real reservations where it's kind of like... And rap, your kind of thing is you've got to have this 
you know, chest-beating bravado. And this album is just like uh, the diary of um, a man who is um, just kind of very insecure at the moment and not sure of his place in things, even though he's been elevated to the status that he is and always questioning, like, well, like, is he doing what he should be doing? Or, like, does every action that he takes or every word or song that he makes have to be under a microscope? Uh, And and he kind of dissects himself uh, in a way that I don't think you hear a lot of rappers do. Um, uh, On this album, like, there were hints of it on To Pimp a Butterfly with uh, songs like uh, You and uh, The Black or the Berry, but... He really kind of goes, you know, full ham uh, on in on himself uh, on this album uh, with uh, some of the better track. Like, like if you listen to any songs from this album at all, trust me, you want to check out DNA and Triple X. They are simply fucking amazing. Like, I, it's gonna be hard to top those as like songs of the year. They're just incredible. Awesome. Definitely. Cool, yeah. I've, been, I've been looking for more music to trying to get back into some music again and we have another uh hip-hop album from joey badass i t- actually talked about his last album like on the podcast uh, a couple uh, years ago uh is the original dang. Hmm? dang that's a yeah that's it's uh, so that's been a while uh I, I remember making the joke that his you know his name's joey badass i bet that's not his birth name especially since uh, especially uh, since the two s's are dollar signs <laughs> that's probably but uh he comes across with a new album called all american badass with uh a it's spelled a-m-e-r-i-k-k-k-a-n so you kind of oh. get an idea <laughs> where he might be going with the messages and the themes of this album and you wouldn't be wrong it's definitely like uh yo everything's real fucked up right now especially for people of color especially for muslims especially for anybody that's not fucking white Now all heroes don't wear capes, and all villains don't get away, but all limits eventually fade, I don't wanna be good nigga, I'm tryna be great, it's hard when your back's against the wall, and if you got it all to keep your feet up on the floor, so I thank the Lord when I wake up in the morn, cause through and from the word of every reason I was born, you can see the power when the mic is in my palm, when I storm across the room, hit the stage and perform, what is born, don't be alone, don't let me have to sign the horn, and drop a bomb. Wanna give my mama crit, will it long? Certain that my future kids can run the bomb. So I always do my best to carry on. Life is like a game of chess, to be a pawn, my it's nigga. All my people trying to stay alive and just stay peaceful. It's dead from the roots, just we said sell my brothers. That's words of motherland, sold us on stolen land. Visions from brother man, he seen us all holding hands. 50 years later, still see my brothers choked to death. I'll be the ever gonna. Only right I show respect. Now what they they hanging us by a different tree. Branches of the government, I can name all. Uh, now all heroes don't wear capes, and all villains don't get away. But all limits eventually fade, I don't wanna be good, nigga, I'm tryna be great. It's hard when your back's against the wall, and if you got it all to keep your feet up on the floor. So I thank the Lord when I wake up in the morn, cause to and from the word of every reason I was born. You can see the power when the mic is in my palm, when I storm across the room, hit the stage and perform. What is born, don't be alone, don't let me have to sign the horn, and drop a bomb.
wanna give my mama crib, well and long, certain that my future kids can run the bomb, so I always do my best to carry on, life is like a game of chess, to be a pawn, my it's nigga. my people, trying to stay alive and just stay from the roots to see that sell my brothers that's words of motherland sold us on stolen land visions from brother man you seen us all holding hands 50 years later still see my brothers choked to death i'll be there ever gonna only right i show respect now what they they hanging us by a different tree branches of the government i can name all tree judicial legislative and executive like your boss away drop your mouth the next kids it's all consecutive i'm just trying to I wonder if I do it all before they take my life, yo Crucify my image, the Lord is my witness If the heaven's gates close, I'ma break off the mentions for my niggas Yes, I'ma break off the mentions for my niggas I never felt selfish before I've been living so reckless, I know Tell me, Lord, can you help me? I said, Lord, can you help me? Now everybody got problems, yeah But we didn't know my way to solve them uh, I really came up from the bottom Struggling my mama on the last dollar Hustling man, I've been putting in these hours The government been trying to take away with sours Really all about the money and the power I just want to see my people in power Uh, uh, tell me how we gonna shape this vision Complaining all day but in the same condition If you want to make change, it's gonna take commitment Some people enslaved by day religion In kind of the same way that, um Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly did, but I think mm-hmm. I think Joey has a different perspective on it and also just kind of a different uh, a, a different tone and delivery that uh, makes it interesting. So Joey Badass, he's kind of <clears throat> like always been known to really be fond of 90s era like East Coast hip hop where you've got like just real dirty, dusty drums and like real... Um, harsh samples and like the delivery is usually much more gruff than you would find on something say released in the west coast of that area like west coast rap is typically a lot more smooth and laid back and funky um, whereas east coast hip hop had more of a jazzy kind of feel to it um, like and definitely raw and rugged like if you want some like essential east coast hip hop I would say like, to the 36 Chambers by the Wu-Tang Clan would be a perfect example of everything I just mentioned. And um, what I like about All-American Badass is that even though, like, that's kind of been Joey's forte, he actually kind of updates his style in a way that doesn't um, necessarily uh, uh, um, throw away the, you know, what he's been doing uh, for the last few years. Um, he incorporates a lot of West Coast sound in uh, this album, and I'm not the kind of person that likes a lot of singy rap, but he's actually singing on this record, and it's not bad. Um, and um, I find that just like, you know, along with like all of the themes and the tone of the record, I like that he's kind of kept himself with this album from being pigeonholed into doing that one thing of just kind of being that guy that really likes East Coast hip-hop from the 90s. Like, I really like that he updated his style without compromising what he's doing um, to, to, you know... So everybody kind of gets something uh, from it. Like, new fans are going to be able to come into this record like with a you know a good set of fresh ears and pick up things that they might like but like the old heads who like 1999 and before the money 
are going to like things on this album too it's just another solid record front to back get it on vinyl if you can it's so smooth and just luscious like it's like man that's like one of the best perfectly mixed hip-hop albums i've heard it's so good awesome and, <clears throat> huh yeah, I'm not sure how many people listen to vinyl that much, honestly. A lot of people do, That's actually. So there are a lot of aficionados out there. Like, I know me and Taylor do. Um, and yeah, but we talk about video games here. I'm talking about, like, among well, okay. casual listeners. Among casual listeners. Like, you don't need a vinyl record player to enjoy this album, of course. It, it, yeah. It, it sounds real good if you do, though. Trust me. It'll, like, the sound will just fill a room so well because it's, like, so, like, the bass is so slinky and nice and the drums are crisp. It's just, mm, mm. Kick ass. It's audio bliss. I love it. Kick ass. And the final album I will talk about is an album that has been 17 years coming. Whew. At the drive-ins, Enter Alia. I know that Red is familiar with uh, Cedric yeah. Bitzler de Zavala and uh, Omar Rodriguez Lopez. The, at the drive-in was like this kind of late '90s, early 2000s uh, post-punk, like post-hardcore. It's hard to categorize <laughs> what at the drive-in. It's hard to fucking categorize what these dudes do at all. Like no matter what they're doing, like the Mars Volta, classify that. Go ahead. <laughs> 
Um, uh, jazz fusion, <laughs> mellow rock, punk. I don't know. Okay, then what? Okay, words. then what's Those the bedlam in Goliath? What's the bedlam in Goliath? Oh Jesus, that on acid. Yes, very much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I looked up the Wikipedia for At the Drive-In. They are post-hardcore art punk emo. That'll work. Wikipedia. <laughs> That'll work. Um, and um, their uh, their 2000 album, Relationship of Command, is essential goddamn listening. Uh, if you if you like rock music at all, and if you especially like really intense rock music, you definitely want to check out Relationship of Command. I think I like In Casino out a little more, but Relationship of Command, fantastic record. Um, Enter Alia is. Um, their newest album they recently got back together started touring again and decided to record a new album and enter alia kind of loses a bit of that intensity from uh, those uh, earlier albums and that probably comes with age i think um <clears throat> omar and cedric did uh, a project uh, a year or two back called anti-mask which was these really just straightforward short rock songs that were more melodic than uh you know, like, screamy or anything. And uh, Inter Alia kind of feels like it was uh, mixed with a lot of that. Uh, and uh, I think that that's sort of like one of the main criticisms I'm seeing of Inter Alia right now is that it's not as chaotic and unpredictable and crazy as uh, In Casino Out or, or Relationship of Command. Um but I still think it's a really good record. I like I it's still I, I'm still listening to it every day. It's got some great songs that, you know, again, even though they're not as crazy or maybe technical as older at the drive in music used to be, uh, I think that it that all has just come down to in seventeen years your influences and what drives you are all going to change. Uh, mm -hmm. especially if you've not made music together in 17 years, because, uh, you know, Omar and Cedric are the only two that have really gone on and done things together. Um, well, I mean, I guess there was Sparta as well. Um, but Sparta... Uh, I'm thinking they made a lot of music as Mars Volta, though. They made a lot of music <laughs> as Mars Volta that was chaotic in a different way. Uh-huh. Like, At the Drive-In is pure, uncontrolled... Uh, I don't want to say anger and rage because their music isn't necessarily angry. Um, but it, there's a, there's an uncontrollable element to those older At The Drive-In albums when you go listen to them. And when you listen to like a Mars Volta record, it's constructed chaos. Like there's definitely something holding this all together, be it a theme, be it the melody. And you know, it's obviously way more melodic than At The Drive-In was. Um, didn't process until now that this was these are the folks that went on some of these folks went on to make the Mars Volta. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but I mean, so I know them. Yes, Mars Volta is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Me and yeah, when are they coming back? Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, like, <laughs> like, like Omar gets bored with everything real easily. So if we see like at the you know we see the Mars Volta reunion next year, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Just keep alternating. He just, like, that dude releases, like, a new album fucking literally every week or two. 
Like he yeah, releases he's got, like a billion solo instrumental. Yeah, albums he releases day. solo instrumental albums all the fucking time. He like he doesn't know how to function unless there's a guitar in his hand. And he's real good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I dig Interalia. It's there's something to be said for like, the hyper prolificness, you know. Oh, definitely, Just definitely. It's it's, it's, or... it's very similar to Buckethead. Buckethead has new albums out every week, uh, so you know it's not it's not surprising. I think there was something Omar did like where he put out like thirty albums in thirty days. <laughs> oh my god! Like he's he's a maniac when it comes to just like the constant need to create. Mm-hmm. And that's good stuff. And like you know, like Interalia, it's it's a good album. It's calmer. It's not as chaotic, but I think it still has all of the right things that make an at the drive-in album. Like there, there there's still a lot of that same kind of riffage and attitude in the lyrics and stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um. It's just, it's kind of matured with age, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because like I said, 17 years is a long time to put down a project like that and come back when you've got all of this experience doing all of these other things that are so different from that. So yeah, check out Interalia. It's good shit. Part of me was really hoping you'd just be like, oh, this is kind of a stealth Mars Volta album. It's 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 kind of more at the drive-in plus anti-mask, really. Uh, you should listen to it. It's good. Okay, that's the one part you hadn't said that either yet. I think you would you know like it. How much I love Mars Volta. Like I think mm. you'll like it. Like it's not Mars Volta, but I think uh-huh. you will like it. I think you'll like it. I think it's got enough. Like like I think this it's got a big an... sticker on the front of the album that says no, this is not Mars Volta. Sorry. No, no this is not Mars. Volta. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I saw Blink-182 in live. Why? And I really wanted to. <laughs> and it was funny because oh. they were going to do it. The, they were going to show up at the Fire Festival, and mm-hmm. then they were showing in Tallahassee for like 30 bucks or something. Yeah, that's so pretty we were like, funny. Fuck you, rich people. Rich people get <laughs> Go fucked. see this. I wasn't sure if John was saying something that recently happened or like a story from when he was 10. No, Blink-182 is still a thing. They're 50-year-old oh. dudes singing like they're teenagers. Weird. Yes. I didn't know. I honestly didn't know they were still around. They were singing the song about being 23. Yeah. It's pretty weird. It's like, you haven't been 23 in 30 years, dude. <laughs> there are so many people. Oh, God, I ran into people from work. It was the worst. Oh, no. jeez. Oh, the actual, once, they, once the music got going, it was nice. The, um... The pre, at the pre band, the opener, very good. The opening band. Yes, that's the word. There you go. <laughs> um, but once we got going, we were both having a good time. And I, she had like five songs downloaded by Blink One Eight Two that we listened to a bunch. So mm-hmm. they played all those songs. There you go. So that was good. Live shows are live shows. Sometimes, like I've been to live shows of bands that I don't really care about, but. Yeah. So, sometimes, like, and, and in a couple of cases, seeing those bands live actually kind of gave me more respect to go back and kind of, like, listen to their stuff a mm. little more and be like, you know what, you you guys are all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the funny thing with Blink-182 is listening to it, and if 
finding out they were like this old seminal thing and then just my immediate reaction was um hey this sounds like sonic music <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah hey play city escape <laughs> that would be, that would have been so great if you could have been in front row and just kept yelling that play city escape <laughs> <laughs> no one would get it they wouldn't, but it would be fu- it would be funny for him. It would be funny for John, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Rolling around at the speed of live and learn, <laughs> live and learn. <laughs> all hail Shadow! <laughs> so that was my reaction to it. Which I guess is a burn, but also is my way into kind of having a good time. I think the only Blink-182 album I like is Dude Ranch, and that was, like, before they became popular, so I'm a hipster. Uh, Ah, Coco's. Yeah, that one about the spider, about... Don't don't call me, because I put you on a pedestal. That's nice. That's, like, all of their songs. I'm a whiny teenager! I'm still 13. I'm 53 years old. Please, somebody kill me. They literally said something like, we're going to play no one more song because we're contractually obligated to. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was pretty good. Audience banter is always fun. I I like it when a band can banter with the audience a little bit. Oh, they, they brought a guy up on stage to play the guitar for one of their songs and then they like play a little bit and then he's like oh no no wait and they restarted like here play, make sure you play along with the rhythm of the drum and like actually were nice and wanting to have a good time playing this see that shit's cool the- that shit's cool. really cool i like it when they- bands have like the, the balls to do shit like that yeah and they had a one one of them one of their kids i think played the drums which nice really nice nice so it was really sweet and also kind of indicative of the complexity of the song's instrument. Yeah, yeah, it's punk music. Well, it's based on punk music. So you got four, you got four standard chords, and not too bad. And, any, and anybody can play a punk drum line after about 20 minutes of learning. But hey, good for them. If they're having fun, so be it. Exactly. That that part was nice. It's like, hey, they like they like it when people make music, make music, and exactly. they like facilitate that. That felt wholesome. Hey, like you get kids, more kids making music is a good thing. Exactly, more kids making art. I will always support that. Good cause, good cause. Cool. So, John. Yeah. What else you been doing? Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. Okay. Oh man. Oh god. Oh god. A big old gulp of water. Oh, God. Oh, God. I got hemorrhoids. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, I've been reading a lot. What you reading for? <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't say that with enough southern drawl. What you reading for? There we go. I got an Audible subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, which lets me, which let me listen to a bunch of um, audiobooks at work. Which was really nice. Mm-hmm. So I like listened to a Terry Pratchett Mort. I'd never listened to a Discworld book before. I listened to The Wizard of Earthsea. I listened to Carry On by Rainbow Rowell. And I just had a blast with all of those. So basically, just s- stories about wizard children. 
is actually what makes good story. What makes me excited about books? It's like the only is, stories that matter. The only stories that matter are stories about wizard children, which makes sense because those are the stories I loved as a kid. Um, you know, I was wondering how you were reading so many books. The fact that they're yeah, books that, okay, yeah, it makes make more sense. Yeah, he, yeah. John kept talking about like all of these books. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? How do like, you have the time? Yeah. Like, oh, it's audiobooks, so you're a big, fat fucking cheater. <laughs> He's like, I've been reading with my ears. Like, bitch, you ain't been reading shit! You read more toilet paper than you have a book! <laughs> oh my god. Well, I've got a lot more free time lately, so I've been actually reading again, which is nice. Um... But yeah, listen to audiobooks feels good. And I listen attentively. I'm, I listen to po- audiobooks the same way I listen to podcasts, which is that if I miss, a, if I'm like, wait, what did they say? I'm re-open, pull out my phone, click 15 seconds backwards. <laughs> what I catch that? Okay, that's what they said. Okay, cool. I just like, am very attentive. I can't really do a lot of work when I'm listening to an audiobook, especially. Mm. Which, yeah. Um, but I listen to... I listened to the first Mistborn book by Brandon Sanderson, which is like 25 hours long because it's a fantasy novel, which is, you know, of course, obviously way too long that for me to ever enjoy. Yeah, um, I yeah. would never read a book like that, like some dumb fantasy book that was that long and have a good time. Like, that's that fucking Game of Thrones bullshit. Who, who wants <laughs> who that? Who would waste their time? This book was so much fun! This is the best book in the universe! What I've said about books i've read but this one's better oh my god miss all right so the final empire by brandon sanderson um which is a very good title they mm-hmm. changed it to miss Bar, which is the name of the series on some of the re-releases i noticed because the final empire is a really boring title right uh okay 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 so i need to explain this explain the appeal here because this is the best book ever um Basically, it's a fantasy story about a bunch of ragtag ragamuffins and thieves teaming up to take down the oppressive ruling class empire, evil empire. So that that makes sense so far, right? Mm-hmm. It has a it has a bunch of it has a really likable, cool cast of characters um, that are really fleshed out and neat. And it has a really, really cool magic system in the in the world story. Kind of like, it's a lot like Avatar The Last Airbender in that sense, where a lot of the appeal is like this cool, um, you know, elemental magic system or yeah, like, elemental alchemist. Yeah. yeah. Where it's one of those things where a big part of the appeal is like just the world and also the rules mm-hmm. at play. Um, because it's bar none the coolest, like, set of rules I can think of for any, like, fantasy combat thing, for, like, any story like this. So, like, the, the touchstones were the alchemy and full metal alchemist and, um, the element ending in Avatar. Yeah. Um, basically it's all built around this thing called allomancy, which is burning metals that you ingest to do different magical things. Mm. So, like, if you burn tin, 
if you ingest some Puritan and burn it inside of you, you're a goat. Um, then it can. <laughs> it then heightens your senses. It makes it so you can see farther, hear louder, hear more, hear things farther away, um, see through dense fog, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also make you vulnerable to like bright sunlights and noises and whatnot. Mm. Um, burning pewter makes you super strong, and you can take more damage and take take more hits and stand up when you would be normally out cold. This is a video game. Such a it's a video game. Um, if you the cool one, there's like ten medals, but the cool one, the really cool ones are. Um, iron and steel which lets you push and pull on all the metals around you mm. so like if you if there's a coin in the air um in front of you you can push on it with iron and it flings the coin away from you really fast if there's a coin on the ground below you and you push really hard on it then the coin gets pushed into the ground but it doesn't but it can't move any further into the ground, so it pushes back on you, and you fling yourself up into the air. Okay, that's pretty cool. Huh. I like that. Steel lets you pull on metal, so, like, if there's a window latch, then you can, uh, on a building to your right, then you can pull on that window latch, and it pulls you over, yanks you over to the window. Mm-hmm. And if there's some metal on the ground, then you can push against that metal and watch yourself further in the air while guiding yourself which way in that. Mm. But you can only push and pull directly away and towards you so you have to be careful about how the where the metals are situated or you'll fling yourself if you're high in the air you'll fling yourself and then not have an anchor point any metals to pull yourself on and fall to your death whoops um most people can only most most people can't do any any of this um a lot of people a lot of um special people can um do one of them like they can just push or they can just make their senses super attuned mm-hmm. or just make themselves stronger and then there's a handful of really cool special people that can do all of them and those are the two main characters mm-hmm. they're called the avatars they're the this and they can control all the elements yeah and most of the, and very few of the there's basically the oppressed ska and then the nobles Mm-hmm. And they're all basically enslaved, and the only, really only nobles have access to this power. Um, but then a few ska do, and those are the main characters. Um, so basically, it's structured kind of like a heist story because they are thieves trying to work out how to take down the empire. Mm. So it's building this year over the course of like a year. Um. The main character is Vin, and she's just like a teenager who they who they find in a horrible situation, and then she joins up with them and kind of learns to trust and has a good situation being around like an actual family of people instead of horrible thieves and whatnot. Mm. Uh, and so they have like this year-long plan of like building up an army and. Um, infiltrating the nobility and starting infighting with the nobility and basically this big big heist over the court built up over the course of like a year and it's so it's 20 20 hours of like preparation and whatnot for when things are going to go down and lots of things go wrong in the meantime and there's a bunch of conflict and it builds up very explosively um and 
I think what was really cool with the story was that um, they do a real good job of having like real strong stakes. They make like, everything they have, matter. Yeah, they make it. They really do a convincing job of making it seem like taking this thing apart would be the, is the most impossible, hard thing ever. Yeah, like, and there's a bunch of like big, like. The the final empire has a bun has been around has been ruling oppressively for a thousand years. The sun is like barely visible through the thick clouds of ash constantly falling across around the land. Mm-hmm. Um, the immortal Lord Ruler rules over everything and cannot be killed. Um, and if like even one small part of this plan goes tits up, we are completely fucked. But, yeah. And the Lord Ruler commands um, not just huge armies of, of mistings and mistborns, um, but also has at his command the Steel Inquisitors, <laughs> who are they're in- introduced early on, and they're just, like, really strong mistborns with spikes hammered through their eyes. Ouch! Is there, is how they, and they look over at one of the characters early on, and they're like, oh, those are the most powerful people in the world. Those never get, nobody's ever, like, killed a Steel Inquisitor, da-da-da-da-da. Um, so they just introduce all these really intense stakes, um, and things go wrong. When things go wrong, they go spectacularly wrong. And it just keeps building and building and building, and what really kind of blew me away was how much it, um, I kept thinking, oh, there's, this is a trilogy. There's no way they're going to resolve X in just this book. Um... There's no way they're going to resolve why in this book. And then basically every single time I thought that, it would it was resolved in the next hour. <laughs> so it's like just ridiculously hugely satisfying um um how complete it felt. Even though it was the first book in a trilogy, it was kind of like the first Star Wars in that sense where yeah. maybe so. Yeah, like the first Star Wars is fucking amazing. Yeah. And com- feels completely self-contained and mm-hmm. finished. A lot of the times it feels like, oh, it became a trilogy after the fact, after the first one was successful. Like, the first one was designed to stand alone. Just Yeah, was... it kind of does. Yeah. Um, so this has clear avenues for where to progress, but it wasn't the stuff I was, like, really desperate for them to resolve. It was like, oh, that'll be cool. That's good. It would be cool if they resolved that, but... Yeah. Um... But yeah, I, I when near near in the conclusion, I was thinking about Ghost Trick, just like, oh, this is just tying everything together so well. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a game that'll that, that, that just ties everything yeah. together. It's not that it's not as good as that at doing it, but it like there's there's so many rules and so much so many different characters and elements, um, while still feeling kind of like warm and character focused. And it's like I feel almost embarrassed getting so hyped about it because it is kind of this dopey plot of hey this is this is star wars yeah uh, yeah. yeah as soon as you said empire i'm just like yep star wars uh, yeah it's, it's, it's Thief that the heart of gold this is every jrpg of the 90s <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, yeah it's every jrpg it's star wars it's um it's got a bunch of it's got some gender fucks gender fuckery because yeah. there's because ba- there's the main character then is cool and then she is the basically the one lady oh yeah in the big uh. book, which is just great um and pro and there's um a love story that i that you know kind of made me feel good and sappy but 
a lot of people didn't like as much felt maybe shoehorned in, which I understand. Um, so there's like the, there's a lot of like weirdness about it, especially coming off of Carry On, which was this really really cool um, story, you know, boy wizard story that was super gay and romantic and sweet. <laughs> um, so, but then Carry On also doesn't have as intensive like stakes and as interesting of a world or rules so it's almost like the two complement each other really well yeah like one's kind of maybe your cheesecake and the other is the main course maybe it's maybe i'm just kind of using that as an example of course yeah but i know i I had a better time with miss ford because i just was so overwhelmed when it was concluding where they really just made me believe things that things that certain things just could were were not possible mm-hmm. and would not be resolved um so it made me feel really warm and good and i remember i was laying out on some grass while i was wrapping wrapping it up it's a really clear day just crying having a real good time <laughs> just laying in the grass crying <laughs> laying in the middle of my front yard bawling my fucking eyes out <laughs> nothing wrong with this <laughs> i'm completely fine just outside of my work building, just on the side of the road. Oh, oh my geez. god! It was like a... I'm gonna need a lunch break, you guys. <laughs> it was a good day. Um, oh yeah. Mistborn by Brandon Sanderson. The Final Empire by Brandon Sanderson. It looks like they changed the title or something later on. I don't know. But yeah, I'm get- I have the trilogy set to come in. Um... Uh, on Tuesday, so I'm going to get to read the other two books, The Well of Ascension and The Hero of Ages. Read or quote-unquote read? <laughs> uh, really read. Oh, okay. I'm... Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. That your made... pages will get all wet because you're crying too Yeah, much. you're going to cry the words right <laughs> off the pages. <laughs> I can't believe I read this, like, I can't, I still couldn't believe I read the, like, this 25-hour, 800-page fantasy book and just, it kept being exciting like it was there were like two hours to go on the thing and i was like there can't be just two hours left there's so much there's still so much left to there's still so much left it's like me watching it it's like me watching every anime ever it's like there's 20 minutes left they can't do this and most of the time they can't (laughs) especially if it's gonzo they can't (laughs) yeah Boy, how are they gonna wrap up my hime in 20 minutes oh (laughs) my Fucking god! <laughs> Fuck that show! I always love driving the knife there. Oh my god! You fucking had a goddamn show! You had a show with big stakes, people learning things. You had a great ending ready to go. You had a heroine who was ready to just risk all, even her life, to see this whole thing through. And let's just wave it away with a deus ex machina. Nobody learns a fucking thing! (laughs) Why didn't we watch that show twice? I was gonna... Because the second time I was reviewing it. Uh, Oh, that's funny. And then we watched My Otome. Which was better. Which has a much better ending. Yes. God, it's funny. And then you and then you broke the Mahime disc going off the spindle instead of Kitty Grain, right? Oh god, one of those discs did break, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Volume six, I it think. Was a sign of the time. Yeah, it was a, it was definitely a sign of things to come. I did get a replacement disc though, so. That's cool. 
oh, that's funny. But yeah, books are good. I'm really enjoying reading about wizard children. <laughs> I started, I'm, I'm a little ways through the second Dark Tower book, which is not a wizard child book. So, but, you know, it's still good. I didn't really... Re- didn't remember how much I really liked Stephen King as a kid. Mm. And that kind of, it really started getting exciting in that second volume. So hopefully that'll be exciting. I can talk about that in the future. Books are fun. Cool. Who's next? That'd be Rhett. 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 Hey. Our good pal Rhett. Rhett. Over there, sitting there, sulking. What are you sulking for? Uh-huh. I am you... just sad because I watched a really, really good anime. Oh, you did? Oh, What'd you watch? Yeah. This is so silly. I watched Space Patrol Luluco, and do you remember that uh, that chart I made for myself on Twitter a while ago that was like the three key pillars of entertainment I like? Mm-hmm. Whereas cute girls, outer space, and explosions. Yes. <laughs> and I put one thing right in the center of that, which was aliens. Yes. Which was, to me, like the most perfect balance of the three elements and like the most perfect movie ever. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have found a new anime to also go in that perfect center spot, and it's this. Okay, so what is this show? This show is it's thirteen episodes mm-hmm. that are seven minutes long. Oh wow! And have a forty-second intro and like a full ending, so they're actually only like five minutes long. The whole thing is like super short. So this is literally like maybe a sixty-minute OVA. Yeah, it's maybe feature length at the longest. This wow. is tri- this is Trigger, right? Yeah, and it's made I, by Trigger, who did, you know, Kill a Kill, yeah. uh, Little Witch Academia. They're getting pretty... Uh, prolific. Presti- prolific and, like, well-known, and they make good stuff. Because they make good stuff, yeah. Yeah, and they're, like, former Gynex employees, I think. Is Kill a Kill good? Yeah, it was there's, good. there's elements of it are good. I thought the story kind of shit itself at the end. Okay. I, I, I like the resolution. I thought it was I thought it was about on par. You... I think it's probably about on par with Girl in the Gun. I, I wouldn't go that far for sure, but I mean... Well, that that's with, like, me feeling kind of more mixed about Girl Lagan than I would, than I did, you know, ten anyway. years, years ago. <laughs> anyway. Kill a Kill's good. Anyway, Space Patrol Luluco is, like, Gurren Lagan by way of Fooly Cooly. Oh. Because it moves super freaking fast, because, kinda, like, it kind of has to. Has to. <laughs> so it's, like, it's literally, like, a 13-minute, or a 13-episode show crammed into these five-minute chunks. Oh, lord. And, like, it just it moves and it's really funny and it's just totally manic the, the entire time. Like, <laughs> you need these little like breather moments between each episode to, like, because like they're packing so much in and you've got to wrap yeah. your head around the rest. At first, because at first like I kind of hated this at first because it just goes so fast and you're just like, why are they focusing like so much on tr- attempting to tell a story and then it totally works and resolves itself by the end in a glorious way <laughs> and like. Like, the first three episodes, which were kind of, like, they call them seasons. Like, they're kind of grouped into threes. Mm-hmm. Like, you can kind of go, like, okay, this is the actual episode one. Episode two is yeah four, five, and six. They kind of go in threes. <clears throat> but anyway, so, like, this didn't really win me over until, like, the third one halfway through. Which uh-huh. is when they go into outer space and they just start making a bunch of trigger references. Or, oh. like, they go to the planet of life fibers and they fight a life fiber from kill a kill. And then the fucking song don't lose your way starts playing. And it's just, it's really silly. And then, and then they go to planet LWA and they meet Susie from little witch academia. 
it's like this this total like almost I versus pie ish. Like, yeah, I was about to say that was yeah. the comparison I was about to make is I versus pie. Yeah, it's just exactly that same thing. Like, what if all of our media just took place in the same shared universe? Yeah, for for the hell of it. And then the last couple of episodes just go super, super Gurren Lagan over the top insanity with a main girl, little girl as the main character. Because the whole thing at the start is like, I'm a normal Japanese high school girl who lives a very normal life. And then immediately, like, her dad turns into a block of ice and she has to join the space patrol and they solve <laughs> space crimes. <laughs> and, like, there's an episode of uh, Cool Games Inc. where Nick Robinson talks about the first episode and it's very funny. <laughs> Because I had watched the like the same day I listened to that episode, and was like, "Oh my god, somebody else knows this show." I, I figured if anybody, Nick Robinson would, because he's a big anime nerd. Yeah, he's a super anime nerd, so he talked about this show on that podcast. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, I don't know this. Show, I'll send you the show because it's pretty short, and I think yeah, I'll, I will watch this. Go ahead and send that to me. I will watch this. I will watch it too. Excellent, insane. No, we'll watch it and we'll do a six-minute spoiler cast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really like Trigger, so I'm probably going to do that. Yeah. I and think this, this will be like... the first thing I've seen by Trigger. Because I didn't watch oh, Kill a oh. Killer Little Witch Academia. Yeah. Little Witch Academia, the first one, is 20 minutes long and just completely amazing. Yeah. It is... It's no, so... There's nothing complicated about it. It's very good. Yeah. I, I'm very excited to watch that TV show that they're doing when it finishes airing. Mm-hmm. Netflix, yeah, Netflix has the rights for the TV show, but they're not putting it up until the whole thing is done because they always do seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, which is why anime fans don't like Netflix because they're all about watching it like ten hours or ten minutes after it airs in Japan now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anime fans hate everything, so yeah. God, I really, yeah. I, I think the, I, I heard the dub for Kill Kill was real good. I think I should. I think I want to rewatch that show at some point. I saw a, a video analysis of like the animation in that show and how like it's not trying to be good animation; it's trying to always be moving, and that's mm. like that's really impressive. I mean, that's a good goal. Yeah, that's a hard thing to do. Is so static. Mm-hmm. It's like that show is just like we're never going to have a still shot at mm-hmm. all costs. Kill a Kill and Home Movie Season One. Yeah. <laughs> Squiggle vision. Basically. Anime is good. That's a cool show that I really enjoyed. Because it's so it's so me, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Polly. Yo! Played a hot new game. Did well hot as games? hot as it as in it was released a month or a month and a half ago, maybe. Uh, Dang. Uh, Shovel Knight DLC. That's right. I played the Shovel Knight DLC. It was really good. Uh, Spectre of Torment. It's pretty good. It's more focused on timing and less on like finesse than um, yeah. Uh, than, 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 than Plague, Plague of Shadows. Shadows. John Thire needs to play Plague of Shadows, or I'm yeah, never, I'm never speaking to John Thire again unless John Thire oh, plays Plague of Shadows. Okay, you all right. Do that. Get the fuck on That's that fun. by the next episode. And you have no excuse right now. You have all That's the time true. in the world to fucking play Plague of Shadows. So don't fuck with me. Fair. <laughs> Continue. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Spectre Torment, it's like more good shit. Like that, 
fucking Shovel Knight is an amazing piece of work. Just straight up. Like, that package, that entire package, once it is fit, like, even just now, it's an amazing, it's an amazing deal. Like, just all of the content in that game. Like, that game is going to keep you busy for a good damn long time. It's so much fun. Like, and it's, there's so much quality behind it. Ugh, Shovel Knight. Good stuff. (laughs) What was that? That was a throwback. That's what that was. Yep. That was a throwback to our first game of the year. The game of the year episode. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, I played uh, Zaboid Games' new game, Cosmic Star Heroine. This looks amazing. And uh, I don't know if if you're familiar with uh, Zaboid's work. Uh, Like, Cthulhu Saves the World, Breath of Death 7, and they did... uh, the two, uh, the last two Penny Arcade on the Rain Slick Precipice of Darkness games. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but they have a very distinct style to the kind of RPGs they make in that, like, they always feel like they're making RPGs that don't want to waste your fucking time. Uh, so, like, mm-hmm. they don't have, like, inventory management things or worrying uh. about resources. It's just, at the end of every battle, you're just healed. Whatever. We don't care. Um, Just like Final Fantasy XIII, a game everybody loved. I liked Final Fantasy XIII. <laughs> um, well, like, you know what's weird? Is that, like, since I played Final Fantasy XIII, I've played a shit ton of RPGs where you get all your HP back at the end of battle and you don't have to worry about your fucking inventory. <laughs> fucking all of Zaboid Games' games do this. Fucking Labyrinth of Toho 2. Toho, Genius of Sepharos. Like, a lot of games I've played... Yes! Weird. A lot of games I've played do this. I think it's actually a good system. Influential. Yep. Final Fantasy XIII, the great influencer. (laughs) It just wasn't appreciated in its day. There you go. Like, Like when we're talking about Final Fantasy XIII ten years from now on Sockcast episode 420, (laughs) Rhett's gonna gonna be like, well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, <laughs> and he'll get the point across because we'll be able to read his mind at that point we'll see the contents yeah. of his mind yeah we'll actually be like that'll be a thing i like, won't won't even it ain't no thing but a chicken wing but um so cosmic star heroine is zaboid games new game i've enjoyed i enjoyed cthulhu saves the world it's very cute dragon warrior like um I like Penny Penny Arcade's On the Precipice of Darkness 3. It's uh, just a really solid uh, RPG with a fun class system. And, like, yeah. And the writing was really good. And it's really detached from the Penny Arcade comics. So, you know, I didn't <laughs> that's, feel... That's a good thing. I don't feel quite as skeevy playing it. Uh, I'm probably going to play On the Rain Slick Precipice of 4 uh, sometime. Uh, I, I never got around to playing that one. Apparently that one's got some kind of Pokemon deal uh, to it. Uh, oh, your favorite. Yeah, but apparently it's it's really good, uh, and it kind of like matches up with the stuff they were doing in three. But uh, uh, th- their new game, they kickstarted it like uh, a few years ago. Uh, they got quite a bit of money to do it, uh, a decent chunk of change, uh, which kind of let them kind of go all out with the presentation in a way that they'd never been able to before. So what you get is a game that kind of looks like like Lunar and Chrono Trigger and Fantasy Star all kind of got together and had a big old fuck. <laughs> it's got really slick animated cutscenes that look really great. Like I really like that like the character designs are really just slick and sexy. It's got like 
cool aliens. Um, it's just and like the music is so good. It's by Hyperduck Studios, uh, the the uh, folks that oh. did uh, the music for Dustin Elysian Tale. Yeah. Uh, the, so yeah, the soundtrack is so so good. Um, is it in a retro style or is it like kind of? It's like more modern. Pedal? It's modern. Orchestral, yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, like if you look at like like, like something I want I, I like to point out here just because it amazes me is that the artwork was all done by Robert Boyd. Just oh, like man. one dude, and oh, like whoa, and there's so much art in this game. Like, Ooh. yeah, there are some repeating tiles and stuff here everywhere, every now and again, but there's like just so much original art, and it all looks so good, and has this like kind of a mix between Saturn and SNES aesthetic that like it it, it comes together and just has a real sexy look to like all the environments and stuff and it's just incredible looking um and um you know it's 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 it the the the, the story i uh yeah because that I was thinking about how, like, I've kind of fallen off JRPGs a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's because, like, I'm not really into the whole dungeon crawling thing. I oh. really care more about stories and games. Oh. So yeah. when you said the story in this was bad, I was like, yeah. Yeah, the, character, the characters struggle to even be one-dimensional. Oh, jeez. It's real. Like, and I, I hate it so much because these character designs are so good. Like I like mm-hmm. I love this cast of characters and how they're designed. It's just I I feel that being a two person team that put this game yeah. together, I, I think that they ended up at a point where, like, if we're gonna make this really good looking and good sounding thing with this entirely new battle system that we've gotta put together, I don't think they had the time to do the writing that they wanted to maybe do uh because like breath of death and and cthulhu saves the world are genuinely funny and uh so mm-hmm. are the, the penny are the writing in the penny arcade games i don't know how much of the writing is done by the penny arcade guys and how much of the writing zeboid was allowed to do there something i'm hoping to get an answer to at some point <laughs> hint 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 oh. <laughs> um I don't know how much, but but like the writing in uh, on the Brainstorm Precipice of Darkness three is so good. Like I genuinely laugh out loud like every other text box when I play that game. It's genuinely cool. good, but everything here is just so uh, it's a sci-fi game. Go here, do this, and uh, it, it really all comes down to like if you're gonna enjoy this game, you're gonna have to enjoy like the the looks, the presentation, and mm-hmm. the dungeons and the battle system. And do you gotcha. think? Do you think part of it is that the other games were all comedies? I this think that's to be playing probably, it a lot straighter. That's another point. Is I wonder if they like maybe didn't know how to write a serious story, yeah. and because all of their other games are comedies. Yeah. Um, Plus, so, it sounds like you said one guy did all the art, so the mm-hmm. other guy's probably doing all the programming, and that kind of leaves nobody to do the actual story. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of the 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 feel I get from it. Is yeah. that maybe it just kind of got lost along the way at some point, yeah. and it's real unfortunate because, like, I, I look at these characters and they all look so cool and rad, and I want them to all to have real great stories, and they just they don't. 
because you mentioned you mentioned Dustin Elysian Tale earlier, and I know how Dean like oh. had kind of a setup for what he wants to do, but then hired a writer to kind of yes, tie it all together. Yeah, in a really cool awesome. Way. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. that was definitely a smart move on Dean's yeah. part because. That that game's story is real it's fucking really good. good, yeah, and just the characterizations in that game. But uh, so you know, you, to enjoy Cosmic Star Heroine, you've got to enjoy its battle system. And yeah. everything a, I've heard about this game is battle system. <laughs> it's real unique. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a battle system where you can just sit back and just hammer on a button and win. Like there is no like straight up attack. Like. Um, Oh, really? All your characters, like, they learn abilities, and then you put them on a palette of eight abilities that you're allowed to use in combat. When you use that ability in combat, it's used up. You can't use it again. You can't use it again until you use a recharge or a defend move. So, like, battles come down to you having to balance, like, do I want to drop that heal spell now, or do I want to hold off until this guy does something much more dangerous that way i can you know maybe heal more people at once um and 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 i think that like the way the difficulty kind of scales i want to say like if you play this game play it on um uh i think it's agent no agent play it on the one that's just below super spy uh to get a really good challenge because i thought the normal difficulty was a little too dry so i play it like so when I started it, I was on normal, and I was like, eh, this isn't doing it for me. But when I put it on the level just above that, uh, it gets uh, to feeling about as difficult as, like, a Falcom game. Like, the trail, uh, like it reminded me a lot of Trails in the Skies difficulty, where, like, you are going to be planning out every single... You are going to want to be thinking three and four turns ahead. Uh, especially, sure, with yeah. how, especially with how you have to recharge your abilities and... Um, all that stuff, but it's a uh, just a rock solid little battle system, and the encounters they set up are real great. Especially like the final boss encounters. Oh my god, they're so good! Like this game has like a final boss gauntlet that just fucking goes for it. Fuck yeah! And they're all real good. I had such a good time with it. Um, so I like I, you know I'm kind of bummed that like the story is kind of dry because there were t- there were points where I was playing and I would kind of just want to put it down for a bit because it was just like eh, there's nothing really driving me forward here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but like the battle system's great. Uh, it had some launch issues. Um, they uh-huh. launched this thing, but uh, it's pretty much up to snuff now. Uh, okay, I was wondering about that. They're up to version 1.14 or 15 now, oh. and, like, it's pretty rock solid. Like, even, like, with all of the issues that people seem to be having, I only had, like, one lockup the entire time I played it, so... Gotcha. For uh, two people, I think that's pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah, it's an impressive game, like, just on its own, but when you think about, like, two people did this, like, that's a fucking incredible. Like, it's, it's a really good game. Like, if you if you don't mind the fact that the story's really dry and, it, 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 you know, but you want to look at some real good fucking amazing pixel art and you want to, like, just enjoy a real good battle system with some really 90s-esque dungeon design... Like definitely give Cosmic Star Heroine a go. It's 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 pretty rad. Like you know, like just just because the story is bad, I, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna give it too much of a whipping because I I still uh-huh. had a, I still had a boatload of fun 
uh, with the battle system and like some of the encounters that that game throws you into. They're just like they they can get real mean. Um, Does it, the story have any kind of climax? Because you mentioned like this crazy boss fight, final boss fight. Yeah, there's a really good climax to it. Like oh, the only cool. the only time like I really felt like they were like like they had a story idea in mind is in uh-huh. the final dungeon where like some real crazy shit goes down. And it was gotcha. like it was okay. like game are you kidding me? Why are you doing this to me? And it's just like <laughs> I wish there would have been more of that throughout the story. Mhm. That would have been awesome. At yeah, least there's some that. payoff. Yeah, there's still some payoff. And like you know like I said, you want to look at some gorgeous scenery, <laughs> you want to hear some awesome tunes and play around with like like every character is totally different just because of the way the ability system works. Like no two characters serve the same purpose. So like everybody has got their own thing that they do and only they can do it. Mm-hmm. And and you, so like mixing and maxing your abilities and your equipment and things like that. It's just a really, really cool setup that, you know, like I just had a great deal of fun with. So with that, I'm going to throw it on over to John Thayer. Hi. You, you did that already. I did? Oh, yeah, right. yeah. And I'm overusing it. It's going to burn out. Yeah, like, people are going to get, like the, people are going to get sick of John Thayer's. Hi! Like the, I didn't do it on the Simpsons and people are just going to be like, oh yeah, there's John saying hi. Oh, do the high so thing. Do the high thing. Hi. Oh, he fucked it up. Yeah. He fucked oh, it up. Oh, okay. okay, I got an idea for your new catchphrase. Yeah? You ready? What? Shh. Not while I'm boring. <laughs> 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 you know, the classic Steve Urkel bit that he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that was a fucking thing. So, yeah, I got retweeted by my brother my brother and me because i was like that that can't be real and i looked it up and it was real and then they retweeted me yeah. and everyone was like i thought that was fake i thought griffin was joking We're not, is it <laughs> like, Travis? how do you even how do you even notice a thing like that because i'd like that's not the thing you think of when you think of steve urkel i wonder how spread out those episodes were because <laughs> then there's one payoff at the end where like was it uncle carl does it and yeah it like who's gonna get that reference <laughs> God, man, like, uh, John, what else have you been doing? <laughs> well, of all the other things, I feel like the the most I want to talk about right now is I've been playing shit on Mario sixty four. That game's all right. That's a good. That's a great game that redefined a generation. Okay. Some some would say it's the Citizen Kane of video games, even though I think Super Mario Brothers one would be. The yeah, Citizen I Kane think Citizen games. Kane is more of a. Uh, this is like Super Mario 64 is a game that I didn't truly like until like two years ago. <laughs> well, I'm glad you've come around on it, Polly. <laughs> so, my only experience with Super Mario 64. Oh, no. Uh oh. Oh no! I bought a Nintendo DS when it came out in no! 2004. With a copy of Mario and Luigi Partners in Time and a copy of Super Mario 64 DS, which is a oh. great title. God. Like I love how that game is like two systems in its name now. Super Mario 64 DS. DS. Oh, weird. Better than Super Mario. Super Mario Brothers 3. Super Mario Advance 4. 
Oh god, those were so stupid! <laughs> I also had that. You know what's um, funny to me is how the Mario games always had Super as a prefix, and then the Super Nintendo did that for everything. Yeah. Why, so so why wasn't it Super Super Mario Brothers? Super Super Mario World. <laughs> and why is it Super Mario World? There was never original Mario World. Well, first oh. it was like it was Mario Land, and then Mario World. Yeah, but then there was no original Mario Land. It was just yeah. It was I'm amazing. I'm oh, I'm. I gotcha. Color me a skeptic. Mm-hmm. I think Nintendo be pulling titles out of their booty hole. Uh, oh, you think so with Super Mario Odyssey now? <laughs> <laughs> so how about that Mario 64, John? How's that treating so you? I, so I played, played I played the DS version. Ugh. It on a D-pad. On a D-pad. Because I was the fucking use... D-pad. I got like 12 stars into the DS version and said, fuck this. Um, the only thing that's cool about it is the character changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also they changed a bunch of the models. Everything's more detailed, I guess. And more some of them like... are, if I remember right, some of them got changed, but some of them are the original N64 versions, and when they're close to each other, it's real fucking funky. I saw a screenshot of Mario and Bowser, and it was so weird. Mm-hmm. It, just comparing the N64 version and the DS version. Yeah. Um, so that's weird, and I played a bunch of that, and, yeah, that was my experience with the game. So I was like, oh, cool, I've beaten Super Mario 64 in the, I've beaten the canon Super Mario 64, and I know exactly (laughs) what it is. Um, good game, I guess. Um, God, so, 13 years later. (laughs) Good God. That's a long time. I didn't realize how long it was. you know what's it's crazy been, is that, yeah. time-wise, DS64 is way closer to the original 64 than we are to the present. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, oh, so I played this like eight years after it came out, and now it's 21 years after it came out? God. Time flies Indeed. when you're thinking about Mario. Um, Thanks for reminding me that I'm old, Rhett. <laughs> Go fuck I was, yourself. I was 10 when the DS version came out. No, it's John reminding you you're old. You're the one that brought it up. You're the one that John brought up. The, you, you brought up the distance between the two games and now. So <laughs> you, fuck I mean, off. That's like every remake now is when the remake is just as old as the original was. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> so, um, so basically, my thinking going into Mario sixty four was okay. We know this game's actually kind of bad. We're all like, we're all like, playing, but we all know like this is this is a dumb bad game that yeah. nobody actually likes playing. Now. Yeah, like like Pokemon. Nobody actually enjoys <laughs> those games. Like they're actually really bad. Everybody just likes them because it's a really funny meme. <sighs> you say that, and I could not fucking stand the new one that everyone went over their fucking. Well, see, that's because the spell's finally been broken. You realize the Pokemon is just dumb, and nobody actually likes it. No, I would say the new one was bad, and the rest are... And a lot what of if we take good. a Gen 1 Pokemon and make him blue? Oh, shit. That's a new Pokemon. We, I'm, an, I'm a character designer for the Pokemon now. Blue? What, like if, blue what if meow, blue. but he's kind of gray? I like the I like the trio with a bunch of cool hair. 
Super that's the tall. dumb. That's the dumbest looking one. <laughs> it's very. It's cute. Why? Why, why would they have like He-Man hair? <laughs> We're getting off topic. The off to- the topic being how Mario okay. 64 is obviously like actually bad. Like, come on, y'all. Have you played Mario 3D World? Have you have you play- have you felt every movement in that game and the camera in that game and having like actual like levels that you push through that are these cool obstacle courses with lots of level design? I played Mario um, 3D Land and I thought that game was fantastic. Yeah, they're both fantastic. I love both of them. My Mario 3D World is just like so the ultimate incarnation of that kind of game that's yeah, what yeah. pops my mind now. And it means that they can't really make another one because nope. they basically had like three games worth of stuff in 3D World. I'm kind of glad they didn't. Because, you yeah. know, like I thought that they were just going to milk that the same way they did like the new Super Mario Brothers shit. That would have just killed me. I ho- I'm glad that they're doing something weird now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Mario 64 and I play- pulled out Mario 64 on the Wii Virtual Console like two months ago. Mm-hmm. And we played like what I had her play it, and we spent the whole time laughing about this dumb, <sighs> get bad game, um, comparing it to 3D, and then we played 3D World right after, and I was like, wow, this is so much better. Um, I'm sure I'm glad we have good games for good people instead of these boring old bad games for bad people. Um, and then we like we tried to do the Koopa race, and then failed like four times in a row, <laughs> and then we turned it off and then pick it back up again. That's kind of incredible, because you got to be real bad to not beat Koopa the Quick. Yeah, well, I was kind of... <laughs> I was like, oh, Anna, Anna tried a couple times, and then I was like, oh, okay, Anna, let me, ch- let me give it a whirl. Oh, um, <laughs> then I failed three times in a row. That's even better. Wow. That's incredible. That makes me so happy. And I was like, well, let's not play this anymore. <laughs> and then I told her, like, well, I don't want to get together 119 stars. And we like, ah, ha, 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 ha. oh, the joke is that this game's terrible. Oh. Um, so then I then I um, picked it up the other day um, while feeling kind of sad. And then got like 10 more stars and then last night i stayed up until 3 a.m getting like 30 more stars Dang. um this game's real good huh yeah like like, like i made yeah, this observation i made this observation a while back and like the thing that i like about super mario world or, or super mario 64 as opposed to the galaxy games which i love is that i can play super mario 64 and get like 30 stars in an hour or something and, and, like, in an hour, I would have probably gotten maybe six or seven yeah. stars in Galaxy. Which, again, I love the Galaxy games, but there's something about uh, 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 collecting stars in uh, 64 that actually just kind of feels really good. I think Galaxy just has such long load times going in and out of levels. It really... And the levels are huge! It. And there's so much going on in the hub. Does, does Galaxy have yeah. checkpoints? Yeah. Because Mario 64 does not have checkpoints. Nope. Except for before Bowser, which yeah. is nice. Um, but those levels, you beat, the, you get the star in one go, or you die, or that's that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like that and Mario 3. Yeah. Have no checkpoints. Um, and they like have... Like you said, the levels like, are short and designed for that. Exactly. And they're really good. Kind of as partially as a result, I think. And that's like and why plus, Mario 64 is good and Banjo-Kazooie is bad. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Plus, in, in Mario 64, a lot of it is just finding where the star is, because you don't have to go in the order they... No, not at all. Yeah. By. yeah. So you can, like, spend a lot of time finding where the star is, and if you die, you just go right back there. Yeah. That's what, that's what blew my mind, was that um, I assumed, just completely, that every single star was instanced. No, it's not. Yeah, because... Because I think that's how Galaxy does do it. Yeah, everything's okay. instanced in Galaxy. Yeah, um, and that always seemed like that. Looking back, I was like, "Oh, that's so dumb. Why don't Why don't they just let me collect multiple stars? Why don't they just let me get multiple yeah. stars?" Um, but no, you can like. There are some things that are instanced, but they are instanced in a way that makes sense. Yeah, like there's like the one race. star in there's one star early on where you go into a sunken ship and you fill it up and you. Um, Fill it up with air, mm-hmm. and then there's a star at the end of it. And then the caps, um, the, the spe- like unlocking the caps, all of those are instanced. Yeah. Um, and then you get back to, and you go back into the level with the sunken ship, and now the ship is rising, and that opens the way to new to new um, stars. Mm-hmm. So it's instanced in ways that are actually kind of classy and built into the little stories of the level. Yeah. yeah. And also that the levels themselves are very, like, open and like this isn't a fresh observation but you can they're they feel a lot less like obstacle courses and more like these spaces they're little worlds for you to kind of just explore yeah and that's so different from the 3d worlds and the galaxy games where everything is so tightly scripted and very linear yeah um like they got kind of back to the original like 2d mario games where 64 is like a totally different yeah of just being like hey just go wherever you want yeah yeah and it's one just... that really made sense for that form for that system for everything yeah. like i think i said this about super mario 3d land and it's that super mario 3d land and world feel like they are the logical next step after super mario world then you go to super mario 64 yeah that makes sense to me like i feel if those games would have come out first like, in mm-hmm. some form, I, like, I would have enjoyed Super Mario 64 when it came out. Because it would, mm-hmm. I, like, I would have felt like they had prepared me for that. But, like, Mario 64 was such a foreign thing for me that I just did not like it. Mm-hmm. Because it's so different. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, and the way it plays, it's so kind of sluggish and skatey. Well, and... Mario's got weight. He has real yeah. weight. Like, it's not like, like it's not sluggish. He's very responsive. You look at any uh-huh. fucking speedrun of yeah. Super, Super Mario 64 speedruns. Super Mario 64 speedruns are a thing of beauty. There was a new Ooh. world record yep. within the last week or so. Yep. And it's, it's nuts. Like, the technicality of his moveset is so... It's incredible. It's amazing to watch, like, when you start getting, like, the wall jumps and stuff. Yep. Like, just flying up levels. Yeah, it's, it's, those runs of Super Mario 64 are gorgeous. And, like, the level designs feel made for it. Mm-hmm. They, they're so open-ended that you can just yeah. approach every problem from a million different ways. Yeah, like, nothing, like, nothing feels like, like, when people are speedrunning the game that they're breaking it. They're just mm-hmm. using every. I mean, they're using everything in Mario's tool set. Mm-hmm. There's definitely ways to break that game. Absolutely, though, so there certain, are. Certain speedrun channels have like, oh, you can enter this door while underwater if you travel to a parallel universe of the map that exists <laughs> eight hundred or like ba- miles over, like backward bunny hops where you can like go oh, yeah. so fast and shoot yourself through doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's all that stuff that that the game can just be 
so thoroughly like poked at and examined in all these different yeah. ways is fascinating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just each world, each level is just it's such a nice place to be. I think it actually clicked for me in one of the in the first water level, which doesn't make sense because those are the ones that are you know those are the boring ones. Yeah. Um, but I then really I was like, like swimming in that game because it has such a weight to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I figured out how the swimming, how to get the rhythm in there. Um, and then I was like, oh, this is this is really nice, actually. And I, I just... The the fact that all... The, how so many of the stars are, like, kind of obtuse. Yeah. You get, like, like a I, weird, vague hint from the name of the star. They mm-hmm. might show you where it's at, when, you know, when you load in. I don't even know if they do that. I think that might have been more of a galaxy thing. I think they show you some of them, but not okay. all of them. Yeah. Okay. Because um, cause I did one, I just did a wet dry world um, level, and I hit a box in it on the top of the level, and it said one. And then yeah! I hit and it said two. And then I pushed a block in a different part of the level, and it popped up three. And I pushed a different <laughs> block. And then a star showed up. <laughs> yeah, it's real. Like, there's some real weird shit like that. It's I don't that, even remember that. It's that kind of, like, Mario 3, like, jumping behind the the level yeah. backdrop. Yeah. Or that Castlevania where you'll stand in a certain spot on the Castlevania 1 where you'll stand in a certain spot and then a crown pops out of the ground and yeah. gives you points. Oh, yeah, like, the, Just, the, the, the Ghouls and Ghosts series do that a lot. Yeah. Um, Just that cool secrets where you're it's like these levels are just these big dense piles of cool secrets to uncover yeah i'm like i really appreciate that and because it's and it's obtuse but like you only have to get 70 stars or or 80 stars and it's like and the worlds are so small that if you kind of like poke around at everything something's bound to turn up to kind of like start leading you in the right direction Exactly, and the levels are designed so, and you get stars for collecting 100 coins and finding the 8 coins. Yeah. So it's already encouraging you to just poke around every, like what, I, I, there's that on that water level, I had 99 coins. Oh and no. And I spent like, I spent like 5 minutes looking around for more coins and when I found one it felt really good. Yeah. Um, it just feels like that, that is so focused on those kind of esoteric video game-isms mm-hmm. uh, that are very kind of ness to me yeah um, and that's just so much of the meat of the game and that the platforming challenges will be something that are just like a line of platforms over a bottomless pit like in mario 3d world they'd be completely trivial yeah but in mario 64 i have to like think like okay my weight is this um yeah. i'm facing the other way and mario's gonna move a little bit when i turn around and you've got like a real sense of momentum got a real that, sense of that momentum, you have to con- that, you, that you have to control you've got to be careful yeah, I, with that once I started thinking of it in terms of like, oh, kind of like the old school Prince of Persia or something like that. Yeah, old school like, Prince of Persia. Yeah. Like Super it's Mario, Super that. Mario sixty four is the Dark Souls of Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's nowhere near that stiff, obviously. But then that made me think about like Super Mario Brothers one. Like, it's not, it's never been the series has never been about just like completely easy movement. No, like, the yeah. most simple possible, like. Kind of the Symphony of the Night is sort of like what I jump to is just like completely weightless. You don't have to worry about it. You're not thinking about it. You are going to Everything start and stop on a dime. Everything responds instantly. You don't have to worry. Um, and the Mega Man can, Mega Man's kind of like that too. Yeah. But the jump, 
but you you tend to be a little heavier in Mega Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and that feels good, and it works in its own way. But that's never been what Mario is about. And when I started thinking about Mario 64's movement in those terms, it is it almost instantly just was like, oh, this feels really good. Instead of like, every time I got to a platforming challenge for the first 10 stars or so, that was like, oh, this would be so easy in Mario 3D World. And, yeah. then, and then I'd fall to my death. And then I'd fall to my death again. I was just like, oh, this is so frustrating. It's like you're just not approaching it with the right mindset. And I think that exactly. that's what, that was my problem for years, uh-huh. is that I was trying to play this like it was Super Mario Brothers 3. And it's like, I can't, like, you're looking at it wrong. This is a game that has to be taken on its own terms. It has to be learned. And, like, you had to learn Super Mario Brothers 1. And yeah, mm-hmm. that got you through, you know, all of those years later with all of those other platformers, but this is something that was brand new for the time. They were mm-hmm. taking a big, you know, a, a big fucking risk with a lot of how they structured this game and how it controlled and things like that. Like, you have to look at it differently. And like, I felt the same way about Metroid Prime when it came out. Yeah. And then I ended up loving the shit out of that like years later. I hate, yeah, I played Metro Prime, I was like, oh, this is shit. Yep. And then I thought about it for two seconds, for like a week, and then, oh, oh. And then you play it, and it's like, wait a minute, Metroid Prime is just a, another really good Super Metroid. God. So, okay, so, you know what I'm waiting for now? Yeah. I'm just kind of having these revelations of, oh, game I didn't like is actually great. What's I can't that? wait for him to get back to Resident Evil 4. Oh. oh no! I'm gonna no, no! I'm gonna fucking love that game. <laughs> yeah, that game yeah. is so good. Yeah, I finished Resident Evil Two since the last podcast, and that game's fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, that game's real good. I figured I talked about it a lot there, and that yeah, all that holds true. It's I, fucking amazing. I love everything about RE4. It's so good. Yeah, and that was cool with seeing how was playing RE2 and being like, oh, this is they were already doing this stuff. Yeah, they were already making the. Yeah intense action game just with these cool limitate where you have to think about think about your bullets and think about the camera angles and think about this stuff um so it's just so i wound up playing re2 and being like oh this isn't so much like a super scary horror game as it is just like the best action game (laughs) so i think i'm gonna love re4 um but yeah and then the the different the then the one more cool thing with 64 is when you do get to the bowser levels and it does turn into the linear obstacle course yeah um and it's really exciting and it's a and, delight and it's a delight it's like oh cool and then you, they don't have a, bu- a bunch of stars in them you're just kind of moving through and... yeah there's only two stars in each bowser level i believe just the eight coins mm-hmm. and bowser mm-hmm. um i think you just got the key from bowser so yeah oh, the right, eight right, right, right. One. Um, there's one star yeah so and then they have that just like fucking iconic music Mm-hmm. Um, almost all the music in 64 is original. Like, mm-hmm. there's the one t- underground tune that's riffing on the underground tune from Mario 1. Yeah. But then I think almost everything else is brand new for that game. Yeah. yeah. Um, It just has... It sheds so many things about the early games to just do its own thing. Mm-hmm. And that feels really amazing to me. Um, and just the super classy structure. Once I basically figured out that the stars weren't completely instanced... That kind of made it made sense to me. Yeah. Um, it's kind of sad that like, oh, the music is different in this one. Is like a praise of Mario now after the new Super Mario Brothers games like yeah. made, made the same game four times in a row. Yeah. yeah. 
Ugh. I'm like Mario Mario three also like threw out everything basically. Yeah. Mario yeah. World like Mario two. <laughs> what if we have Goombas that you can't? Yes. I mean, actual Mario two. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's a, yeah. God. Yeah. The um. The when you when I jumped on a Koopa and then a shell popped and it popped out of its shell and then I jumped on the shell and started playing the pretty music as I like soared oh. around on top of the shell. It's so Why good. It feels so good. I think the invincibility music was unique to Mario sixty four too. No, it's it's the. You might be right. Yeah, it's still that. Oh yeah, and then the the. The little big world where it's jumping between the oh, that's so sides. awesome! I love how they riffed that's on it. It's, it's a real good yeah. riff on Giant World from Mario Three. Exactly. So it's riffing on that Mario Three thing, but doing it's completely its own thing. Yeah. And then in the castle where you turn between three different paths, and the one you walk up to the the picture and it's right there, and the other one it's actually really far away and just fucking with your perspective. Yeah, that's so yeah, good. The perspective there is so messy <laughs> and beautiful. The way it keeps. It's just so interested in like creating 3D spaces. Yeah. Which is which seems obvious but because, because that's kind of what they, they yeah, like this was their big foray into making a 3D game. Like it had to be that. Like they had to yeah. explore as much of this ground as they could. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to think about at the time 3D games in general too. Like you had the PS1 was out, but PS1 wasn't the best at making 3D spaces no. like the whole perspective correction thing was like mm. not very good, and then you had like pseudo three D things like Doom, Resident yeah. Evil Two, Resident Evil, and Resident Evil Two, where that had the pre rendered I mean, backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if those were out yet, though. That's true. God, like this was ninety six. It's still super early in yeah. that gen. <sighs> yeah, yeah. yeah the N sixty four and GameCube three always felt like just a little more solid <laughs> than the Sony I ones, mean, even though the Sony libraries were so much richer. They just I mean, there's a kind of solidness to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that was Nintendo going for stronger systems. Yeah, with the GameCube, it didn't work out. No. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, I'm really in love with Mario 64. I'm probably gonna play the rest. Is it 70 or 80 stars? 70. Do you remember? I think it's 70. Fuck yeah, that's just nice. So yeah, I pre- I really like the kindness of that structure. Also, hell, if like, you're hey. having a, if you're having a good time, get as many stars as you want. Like once you're yeah. past seventy, yeah. like the rest is just hey, fuck off time. Exactly. Have you been That's... to the ghost house level? Yeah, it's really confusing. I, re- and I really scary. like that one. It's, it's, so it's confusing, and like all the stars are like really weird and hard to like and hard to figure out how to get. I like them. I couldn't find one star. I couldn't find a single star in it. I was just like kind of unnerved, so I put it. So I'll get back to you later. There's one like ledge next to the terrifying eating killer piano. <laughs> I can't figure out how to get to yet. I figure I just need to do a cool wall jump or something. Um, yeah. It's funny. There's only like a couple stars that actually need you to wall jump. Like they didn't even really force you to use those mechanics much. Yeah. There's like, like one in the ice stage. It's called. It's yeah. and it's directly called wall kicks will work. I think that was literally the hundred and twentieth I got as a kid. Wow. I couldn't figure out the wall jump. It's hard. I, I, yeah, I was like, you, you don't minute, just... Was this the one with the wall jump? And then I went against the wall a couple times. Nah. Nah, you can't <laughs> jump. Like, you've got to actually kick the wall with timing. Oh, man. What a cool video game. I'm really having a good time with it. Yeah. It's I should a, it's play the other game. one that's like 64 Sunshine. No! You, 
Okay, you will play that and be like, wow, how did they ruin everything? Yep. <laughs> even the even the camera in 64, like, the, just that they make it, like, a part of the world. When That's so fucking the cute. That's so, like, yep. I know that that was probably a concession for them to try to, like, illustrate to the player that, like, they're control? controlling... Yeah, that you're controlling the camera. I think that, that was a really cool idea to kind of, like, implement the idea of a 3D camera, yeah. but making it relatable? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I think Again, that was like, a cool idea. It's, like, such a paradigm-shifting game, though, like, where you really have to assume this person has never played a 3D game because there's only, like, five other 3D games. Yeah, so, like, they had to really drive home the fact and, like, really make sure that they t- tutorialized it And again, in true Nintendo fashion, tutorializing without needing to bring up 700 text boxes to do it. Yeah, there are still a lot of text boxes in Mario 64. There are. 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 Most of them are just like, hey, hey, let me explain this thing that I know about because I've played all the other Mario 3 games. Like, like, here's how you do the long jump. And so it's nice that they have those. Um, But yeah, I can ignore most. Except that a couple of them are where you get secret stars by talking to the Toads. So yeah, those are cool. (laughs) Just randomly, uh, like, I, I remember just, like, randomly talking to Toads and, the, like, you get a star, it's like, fucking what? Fuck yeah. <laughs> and it's like, the trigger is, like, you know, like, after you get, I think it's every 20 stars, Toad will give you a star. Oh! Oh! Okay, I thought it was just specific Toads. No, I That's think it's cool. every 20 stars, I think. Interesting. Cool. Um, and, and then the going down, finding the secret slide, and then going down yeah. to the bottom of the secret slide, and then the pillar of light is shining in the main room, so you use the camera to, to look, look up. up at it. That one is so clever. Yes. <sighs> the hardest thing to do in a, in a 3D game is make a player look up. Yep. I remember the portal devs talking about that, about how they had to really use lighting to illuminate, to like guide the player's vision up because they found that during testing players would not look up and they needed to, to solve a puzzle. Cool. So that's sort of the whole, that whole experience. And just that the hub is so classy and just quiet compared to galaxy one. Yeah. Oh God. The hub hub is a place. Yeah. Instead of like a bunch of floating space islands, and like the hub in Galaxy Two is just ridiculous. Yeah, the hub in Galaxy Two is like, all right, we're not gonna really do the hub. Just, just yeah, have so the here's yeah, some have, levels. Have Select your next level, and that's it fine. It could have just been a world map. Yeah. yeah. Talk <sighs> to big dumb purple guy. Yeah. Yeah. With with Galaxy and Galaxy Two, and then 3D land, 3D world, you really see the progression there. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I guess like, in the 3D games it's just an actual map. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if I um, ever go back to Galaxy at some point because that's the one where I feel like right now, especially, I'm feeling kind of sensitive to like feeling talked down to in any way. Mm. So I feel like if I tried Mario Mario Galaxy right now, I'd just snap the disc in half. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think those games really talk down to you much. No. Yeah. I'd have to I'd have to revisit it and see just because I can. I, yeah, it's more Skyward Sword. I've heard is the one that. <laughs> yeah. Like what was the Mario and Luigi RPG? The Bowser. Oh no. Story. No, Bowser's Inside Story is absolutely phenomenal. Dream Team. Oh. I had to say I had kind of that experience with Bowser's Inside Story. I kind of did too, but Polly likes that game, so I won't bring okay. it up again. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna snap my fucking tablet in half right now. I swear <laughs> to God. 
<gasps> You're going to do... Well, to better um, explain how to use the tire iron, you press A. <laughs> oh, my God! Move towards Rhett and John with the analog stick. Oh, I'm going <laughs> to fucking destroy both of you. Remember, press A. Oh, my. <laughs> you wait, need for, to repeat wait, that? Wait. Press A to say yes. Press Fuck. B to say yes. First, before you can do that, you have to hit this bunny with your tire iron. Fuck off! <laughs> then we'll teleport you to the next world where you can hit John and Rhett. Well, one more bunny. <laughs> <laughs> I remember looking for a save point at the start of that game, and it was, like, the one hidden save point or something. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Like, just in a block randomly. Yeah. So that, so that it could tutorialize you on how to save, and I was just like, I just want a save point. Brett, you need to keep playing that game. It's actually really good. It is that phenomenal. It is one of my favorite <laughs> RPGs ever. That's one of the ones where I, where I um, got, like, ten hours in, and then my save file died. Uh, there's... I had a flashcard with, like, Strange Journey and Firewoman and Bowser's Inside Story, and they all died at once. Just like oh, my one, uh, mine did recently, so bye, Fantasy Star. Later. Uh, so, all the, but yeah, that's kind of, that, that that's kind of illustrative of, like, why I feel weird, I'd feel weird going to Jet Galaxy. Is like, in Mario 64, there's a bunny in the basement, and if you think, and it doesn't say anything, and if you go and catch the bunny, then, oh, it gives you a star. Cool. If you don't do that, then nothing happens. Then yeah. It's gone forever. In Mario Galaxy, uh, you go to, to your planet, and then there's the bunny, and he talks to you a bunch, and then you gotta oh. catch the And I understand why they did that, though, because that's actually a tutorial for how the planets move around. Yeah, which is cool. Which yeah. makes sense, because that, that's very out there. Yeah. So I might go back to that at some point, especially because the ending to that game is so cool. Oh, God, yeah. Super Mario Galaxy 1's ending. I fucking love it's that so shit. It's so insane. It's so good. Yeah, video games are good. Yep. Mario's good. Mario 64, like... it's very good. Life is good. I think that's up. I think that's it for me. Rhett! Hi. Yo! I played a video game. What'd you do that for? I'm not sure if I'm talking... Oh, I guess I played Poyo Play Chess. Uh, I played a game called The Turing Test. The... Oh, I think I've heard ha of this. Have you played Portal? I've played Portal. Played Portal? Do you think Portal would work without portals in it? No. Okay, well, that's kind of what this game is. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Oh, no. So I've played a lot of these, you know, this game is very much in the vein of Portal, where it's like, because hey, I've played a bunch of games like this, where it's like, hey, we're going to do a bunch of test chambers, and then the character will talk to you between levels. Yeah. And they may be a robot, and oh. I think this is very much a robot. And are sinister. Especially because yeah. like, that was, like, all Flash games for a while. Okay, what if... And okay, 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 here's an idea. How about a, a puzzle game? First-person puzzle game, but it's actually Sinistar talking to you. <laughs> Excellent. That would be good. That'd be awesome. This is not quite that, but it's in that direction, actually, where the, the like, British male voice robot talking to you between levels is pretty evil, I guess. Mm. But, uh... Generally, with these first-person puzzle games, there's usually a gimmick. Like, here's what this game is. In Portal, it's Portals, and then there's, like, Mag Runner Dark Pulse has, like, gravity stuff. And, yeah, like, uh, the ball has the ball. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, that game was... That that's... game's hard to... Ooh, boy. Physics, boy. Physics. Yeah. I think that was before Portal, though. I wouldn't really count that as in yeah. the same vein. But then there's, like... 
the wall puzzles in uh, Antichamber and like Antichamber in general is like a very weird rule set. So anyways, in uh, yeah. in the Turing test, you kind of do everything that's in Portal without the actual portals. Yeah. Like but I, your I main think stand on buttons. Portals are fun. There's a lot of standing on buttons. There's a lot of putting boxes onto buttons. Oh, boy. There's, right. there's literally one puzzle where the light bridges from Portal are in this. Oh. And the answer to the puzzle is to, like, put a box on the light bridge above a switch and then walk over to another place and then turn off, turn the, off light the light bridge so that the box falls onto the switch. That sounds boring. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> All right, so a... so you're you're, go, you're working up to the, but. No. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So like your main thing in this is that you have like a gun that can hold electrical charges. So like there will be various electrical charges in a level powering things, mm, and then you can right. kind of take them out and then put them onto something else, and you can do that from a distance to turn on various gadgets. But yeah, it's very much. Here's the stuff from Portal. It just sounds like the cloister trials from Final Fantasy X, where you took the orb out and put it somewhere else so it did something else. I mean, that maybe that seems probably pretty on the nose. It's like I take the the the, the orb out of here. It turns mm -hmm. off it turns off a moving platform somewhere, but I go put it over here, and it makes a block appear that I can push. So I push the block over onto this button, take the fucking orb out, go make the moving platform move again. That's what this sounds like. That's probably this game then. <laughs> the Cloister so of Trials sucked. Oh, no, but no, no <laughs> nobody liked that part of Final Fantasy X. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe it'd have been easier in first person a gun that could shoot the balls around. No. But, uh, so there is a twist in this game ha about halfway through. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the gameplay twists a little bit. <laughs> but then it still doesn't ever really seem to do much with it. Like, the game is really kind of easy. Because, like, you think about the original Portal, and, like, <clears throat> before, before the turn in that game, there's, like, 18 chest chambers. Yeah. I think. This game has, like, 70 or 80 levels oh, in it. Oh, God. So, like, there's not really the big satisfaction of solving a puzzle. It's like, you kind of walk in, look at everything, go, okay, I, I got I got this, and then you do it, and then you move on to the next one. No, oh, so it's, it's just like, like, it's like this, ra like, the part of Portal that makes it interesting is that, for one, it, there aren't a bunch of test chambers, but each yeah. chamber is a little machine that you have to take time and figure out and play with and poke at. This sounds like you kind of step into a room, look at it, and go, okay, I know what that does. Move that there, I mean, move that there. Towards the end, these do get way more complex. Like, only the last kind of set of levels is any real challenge. Mm -hmm. But by wow. then, it's almost like because everything is spread out, like, you have to just push and pro poke at it um, to kind of figure out, yeah. like, one of the reviews I read called it just, like, difficulty through obfuscation, where everything is just, like, needlessly far apart. Uh, and that's definitely not the case yeah. with um, Portal. Work. No, definitely. Yeah. Like, Portal 2 especially had some really deviously satisfying puzzles at the end. And, like, there was also a progression in that game of, like, hey, first we're going to focus on, like, the lasers, then the light bridges, then the gels. Mm -hmm. And then kind of bring everything together at the end. Or in this, like, it just feels like mechanics get half introduced and then thrown away and then mm -hmm. i don't know like 
like they do like the most basic thing with the light bridges and then kind of not just toss it, it aside yeah so i guess the thing about this game is that there's more focus on the story but then where like the story is that you're on a space station orbiting one of the moons of jupiter i think europa and the surface team has they've lost contact so you're robot AI friend wakes you up and says, hey, go find them. So you go down to the surface and to the space station on the planet, mm-hmm. and they've redesigned all the rooms into these puzzles. Oh, jeez. And the reason for doing this is because the AI can't think laterally. He won't be able to solve them, so he needs you to solve these puzzles. <laughs> so it's kind of like a Turing test. I see, I see. The machine now. can't figure it out, but the yeah. human can. And your character's last name is also Turing. Turing. Oh, fucking course it is. <laughs> I'm looking at the trailer gameplay now. Just like, yep, you definitely it's, described it accurately. It's really Portal without portals. Like, it's not even trying to be dismissive. It's just this game doesn't really have an interesting quirk. Yeah, there's like... Beyond that. It sounds, I like, identityless. Yeah. So weird. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Putting it that way, it's just like, huh? Yeah, that's that. That is that. <laughs> yeah. So, mm. this was on the Humble Monthly, so that's why I got it for free. And I was just like, uh, I'll push myself through this just so I'm playing something besides PSO yeah, for a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's always a worthy cause. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like you do, like you get fucking root canal <laughs> and have a better time than PSO too. <laughs> so that that's a Turing test. I wouldn't particularly recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> John, Damn, and all that all that high praise you had. Yeah. <laughs> that moment of like, alright, so now now's the when you get to have the butt. Yeah, like no. I was actually waiting for that. I was actually waiting for that. <laughs> well there, there is a twist in the middle, but it doesn't It's not good enough. Doesn't do enough for sure. Yeah. And I almost felt like the puzzles got way easier after they introduced it, like because uh... like they get more complex, but then, I don't know, it's hard to explain. You're like, if Portable suddenly gave you a rocket pack. <laughs> no, it's like if Portal gave you a Portal gun halfway through. Oh. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, this just got, this game about moving blocks everywhere just got crazy. <laughs> it'd be like if a third, so. It would be like if a third-person action game gave you a Portal gun. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Oh, you mean uh, Darksiders? Yeah, that was the joke. Okay. <laughs> That's I, th- I think um, since Anne's been playing a bunch of Overwatch, she feels a lot better about motion sickness and stuff now. So mm-hmm. we might, and she also loves puzzle games, so we might play Portal. Portal's so good. Yeah, Portal. Portal's Portal really is good. really good. And the sequel's really good too. They should make a third one of those. Nah, don't push it. <laughs> well, I, I was making a joke about Valve. Yeah, the writer not, left. Hey, fucking. Uh, Dota. That's all we do. That's now. all we do. Yeah. As far as I would say, like the things I, that was special to me about Half Life are still are being carried on by other folks. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, other it's people are just doing it better now. Yeah. Like that was I think when we played Last of Us, I was like, oh, yeah, it's kind of a lot of the stuff that Half Life does, but but way better. <laughs> yeah, it takes it to a you know a different kind of. Like, like like it adds a survival element to it that you know whereas half-life is 
macho guns blazing shit. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Um, but so yeah. Polly, Yo! What up to? I played another video game. Another another RPG, in fact. Another RPG. You're yeah. into those a lot. Lately. I kind of have. Yeah, I am, huh? Like I did. I I finished Xenogears again earlier, like a few months ago, which was good. It's a great game. Everybody should play it. Rhett loves it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys know. It's good. Y'all know how I love uh, Labyrinth of Toho too. Yes. Yeah. That game's fantastic. So. I've had uh, another one of those there Toho RPGs sitting around on my hard drive for probably two or three years, and I just never bothered with it. It's called uh, Toho the Genius of Sepharos, and um, it's really good. It's another it's, it's another really fucking stupidly hard Toho <laughs> RPG. Um, yeah, I, I installed this and tried it like a year or two ago and boy it kicked my ass pretty quick and i was like eh. it's it takes like like you kind of have to get into the rhythm that the game's asking you to get into i think uh because it didn't set well with me the first like oh yeah yeah like i actually <laughs> like i got so mad at this game the first time that i rage uninstalled it and including <laughs> my entire save file and i was about five hours in and I was like, I'm never touching this again. What did Rhett and say? Said, and I said, you'll be back at it tomorrow. And you were like, no, I deleted my save. I'm really done this time. I'm like, okay. And I was streaming I it. I, and I was streaming it the next night. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was way past where I already was. Like in my original file. So I'd actually played like 10 hours to get oh a little God. bit further. <laughs> so, um... This is presented like, you know, top-down standard RPG. It's got like really great sprite work. Man, why do cool. It's why adorable. Do, it is so adorable. Like the the sprite work is so amazing. Like I want to hug all of the sprites because they're <laughs> just because they're designed so well and they 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 have all of these cute little animations. They're just so cute. Let like, hold their hands. Yes, I would definitely hold all of their hands. That's excellent. Um, so it's kind of like, um, it's, it's, uh, it, there's another incident. Imagine that a weird mist is appearing in Gensokyo and, and, oh shit. and like Reimu in typical Reimu fashion is just kind of annoyed that shit is happening and basically goes on a quest to kick everybody's ass because and then someone shows up murdered on a telephone pole, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the story of this game. Like, I don't know how much it's pulling from fandom, um, but it doesn't feel like it's pandering to fandom, if that makes sense, because, like, I'm not super into the Toho fandom, I just like a lot of the games yeah. in it and a lot of the fan games, but mm-hmm. the story is written in such a way that it's genuinely funny without me feeling like I'm not getting some inside joke here. It's just like, like, Reimu is written in such a way where it's just like, she's tired of everybody's shit and she doesn't care. Like they're trying to explain to her, like what's going on. She's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just, go- <laughs> I'm just going to beat you up because you're somewhat suspicious. And I that's, mean, <laughs> that's very accurate to how she is in the games. I mean, she doesn't give a crap. Yeah. And it's, it's very funny. Like, um, and I don't know who did the English translation, but they did an amazing job of making it read really well and making everybody stand out. 
Uh, there's just, like, funny dialogue all over this thing. Uh, but it's a very simple story about there's an incident, and we have to figure out who's behind it. And mm-hmm. um, that, that's base. And Raymu's going to go kick everybody's ass because someone might be remotely suspicious. <laughs> um, but again, you know, like, great presentation. The love those graphics. I love the music. Like, there's a lot of really great remixes of uh, characters, themes, and stuff in all of the dungeons. Um, oh, that's nice. Uh, so, like, uh, this is another dungeon crawler at heart, though it's got a whole lot of story to go with it. Uh, so, Rhett, you would probably actually really like this one if you gave it a chance, given that you like, you know, some story. Yeah. rather. But, um, like, each uh, dungeon is just a stage. Like, there's no real kind of world to it, I guess. It's just, like, you go stage one, Scarlet Devil Mansion, stage two... The magic forest. So it's just every. But there is like a world map connecting everything. Yeah, there's like a, a a world map that really serves no other purpose other than to be a hub for you to go to other stages, yeah. and that's really it. Like, there's not like a bunch of side quests and stuff. There is a bunch of side quest stuff in the expansion, which I haven't played. I'm probably uh, not gonna. I'll probably put that off for a while. Um, but, um, like, kind of, like, the core of this thing is the battle system, which I, like, people, like, like I've posted videos of this on YouTube, and people keep saying that it's very Saga-like, and, <laughs> and I'm still trying to figure out how, because this is actually fun. <laughs> well, I was look, walk, looking at the gameplay here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, 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 it well, a little like, bit of that, um... Romancing Saga with the formations. Yeah, the formation, like, formations play a really big role in your strategy. Like, this game's another one of those super strategic RPGs where you've got to really fucking think about Mm -hmm. how you're approaching a fight. Like, like, I just beat this game earlier today, the final (laughs) boss, and it, like, over the last couple days, it's taken me about three hours to puzzle out that final boss. Because it's, it was just, like, it's amazing! Like, the final boss this game is so fucking good. Oh my god, it's so good. Um, but, like, the battle system is kind of like, you get in the battle and it presents itself kind of like a normal RPG, where you've got attack and then you've got all of your spell cards, and then you just select from your spell cards what to use, and you've got elemental affinities and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, what they do to, like, keep things like they, they they have a lot of balances in the game to make sure that you're never going to get overpowered because it's got a very sharp experience curve where when you are over a certain level and you are fighting certain enemies your experience takes a dive uh, so you're yeah. not going to over level <laughs> but, but it also um like but it also to that point it also like if a characters are lower level because unfortunately characters who don't participate in battle don't get experience I always kind of hated that uh-huh. in RPGs, but yeah. if you bring them in, like, even as just, like, a commander, which your commander, you know, grants you some passive abilities and extra spell cards to use before your turn, like, if you put, if you put them in as a commander, they'll get full experience, and then, like, they'll get a multiplier based on how low lower level they were from the enemies you were fighting. So, mm. it's, it, like, I never really found that I was, like, grinding anything, uh, it just kind of feels really good, um, like, mm-hmm. start to finish. Like, I just kind of... Like, I might, like, run through, an, uh, like, an area once or twice to get... Like, like, if enemies in the area drop 
some crafting items to like you know like make new weapons and stuff but like mm-hmm. i never really like stopped like oh, i need to sit here and grind another two or three levels because levels they're not going to be what save you in this game at all like the five hit points you get or the one magic defense you get from that level up, it's not going to be what saves you. You've but just what if it is it, one hit point. I've survived some stuff by one or two hit points before. <laughs> now that Dang. I think about it, but like it, it every character is very different, and they all mm-hmm. have like sk- a, like a skill tree that has like fourteen different things you can invest in, and like Labyrinth of Toho too, you can redistribute these points at any time you want. That's very nice. So you're always able to respect your characters, which is a fantastic idea for any RPG that has any kind of skill tree system. Um, and like the, the you know, like the equipment obviously functions like normal equipment, and the game has like checks and balances where like if you have one of any specific item, the game will not give you another one. <laughs> so so if you've got like an item that prevents instant death. The game's not going to give you one, another one, or let you craft another one. You can't have it. You can only oh, have one. Smart. Yeah, that's um, actually real smart. It never really got in the way of things, I don't think. Um, and like, like, like the uh, the boss, the bosses were just super fun to figure out. Uh, there were only one or two times where I felt like the game was just telling me, no, you absolutely need to use X character because they have a very specific ability you know, to prevent a certain thing that this boss is going to do. Uh, mm-hmm. I only felt that one or two times, um, and it didn't take me long to figure out, you know, to figure it out, and, and it didn't really, like, throw my party balance off anyway, because I kind of like using everybody, because they're all different, and they're fun to play around with, and they've got a shit ton of skills that you can equip and take in the battle with you that are fun to use, and um... I think like that like, like like another problem I have is like one of the characters can be real kind kind of a a throwaway character if you're not willing to put the time into her because um, uh, she's a blue mage, which means that she learns skills from enemy attacks. That's and cool. th- this game goes the most boneheaded way of doing it though. It's terrible. You have to be of a specific level in order to learn you know each specific skill in the game. You know, you have to be, like, level 30 or higher to learn area heal or something. And you go into battle. She has to be the one hit by the attack. So, like, if Alice, like, Alice is your tank, and if Alice covers her, like, she doesn't get credit for having been hit with the attack. So she has to be hit with the attack, and then she has a chance to learn the attack. And this chance <laughs> varies... From one to five percent. Oh my god! Oh jeepers! That's way too low. And and then like when you get to trying to learn like some of the healing spells that the enemies have, you have to either charm or control the enemy, which is really hard to do because like not many characters have the ability to charm or control. Then you have to make sure that you're able to get that spell. Like like if you charm them, they're not under like. You know, they're just going to do the good things to your party, but they have to do them to Satori. So, like, if they, you know, like, they get, you want a healing spell and they cast it on somebody else, well, fuck, I just spent 20 minutes trying to get that <laughs> encounter to get that fucking spell. And then, even if they do cast it on Satori, 
there's a good chance she won't learn it. That sounds awful. Are there other healers besides the Oh, story? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh. Sanae and Remu are good healers, and, like, Alice can pretty much fucking keep a party safe like nobody's fucking business. She's just a goddamn monster of a tank. <laughs> Which I didn't it's expect. So... Yeah, it does seem kind of out of character for her. But I guess, like, if every character is going to be a little girl, somebody's got to be the tank. Yeah. Uh, so you were going to ask me a question? Oh, no, I was just oh. wondering about Satori. Like, can you just get away with not using her? You can. I think you can anyway. Uh, like, I did learn a few things with her, though. I got lucky and learned area heal, so, like, I didn't uh, stop. I didn't deliberately stop and try to do that. It was just a side effect of, um, like, a, a weapon that I had, like, when I just normally slashed with it. It put a charm on an enemy, and it ended up casting the, the area heal spell on Satori, and she just learned it. And I was like, fuck it, getting out of here and saving. <laughs> Do you think she'd be useful if you just always had her in a party and she just kind of maybe naturally learned some stuff? Probably, yeah. So rare like she's, she, she would probably passively learn things at a decent clip if you always had her in, her in your party. I liked her ability in Labyrinth of Toho too way better because it was just like you would put her in and whoever was on the front line with her, she just had access to their spell cards. Oh yeah, like that's pretty fucking solid. What's the guy in Final Fantasy VI? Gozo? Uh, Gogo. Gogo. So that sounds what she's yeah. like in that game. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, Just, like, yeah. Style-wise, I feel like the, um, I feel like the side view battle system, the running, actually running around in the dungeon spaces, um, mm -hmm. maybe appeals to me kind of instinctively a little more than the Labyrinth of Toho, more Etrian Odyssey approach. Etrian Odyssey, yeah. menus, menus, menus. Yeah, menus, <laughs> menus, menus. It's all very abstracted. Yeah. Um, so just aesthetically, like, that appeals to me a lot, is having that side view and the battle yeah. system, and then the... Because, um, you know, it reminds me of Final Fantasy and games I played as a kid. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. And so, apparently actually, it's Saga-like, so you'll like it, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Like, so, I, I don't see where Maybe people... it's like the ring, the skill system being like that, that circle ring? that appears around your character. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, that does kind of remind me of Saga, maybe, but I haven't played those games, so... Yeah, it's like you're not learning shit in the middle of battle randomly or anything. Yeah, it's so not random. So, like, <laughs> there's nothing random about this game. Random 5% chance to learn the skill. Yeah, except that bullshit. <laughs> there's your saga. There's your bullshit saga. Um, Satori ga. Satori. <laughs> uh, and I guess like the only other real complaint I would have is I feel like the dungeons may be a little over congested with enemy encounters. Like sometimes okay. you just want to run from one place <laughs> to another, but like there's like eight enemy encounters on the screen, and yeah, like when you beat them, they stay despawned for a while, even when you leave the dungeon. But it's still kind of just. Uh, let me run away, please. So you like you see enemy encounters on the yeah yeah the dungeons yeah like saga, like saga yeah saga's or, the one that did. I was that. gonna say Chrono Trigger a yeah game. like a way better game. Well, Rancing Saga also has way too many enemy encounters. Uh, oh well, sure. damn the dungeons that are super congested. You're just pinning this down already. Y'all miss this because I think I talked about finishing *Romancing Saga* two on the Jana cast, mm. so I didn't get to, didn't get to go over that in depth with y'all. So that's a it's a really good game. I had a oh, yeah. fucking splendid time with it. 
Uh, I think, Rhett, you should give it another chance. Um, I might give this one a chance. This one appeals to me a lot. Like, with Labyrinth of Toe, I kind of want to hold off until I finish Etrian Odyssey 4. Yeah. Since they're going to be scratching the same itch. Yeah, yeah. Um, this looks cool. Yeah, it's this really nice. It's real rad. I had a good time with it, despite that minor blow up at the uh, you know the first five hours. <laughs> that minor incident. Minor, <laughs> minor little incident. I started um, replaying Secret of Mana so that I could finish it for realsies this time. Oh god. <laughs> oh my god. Y'all would be like John, John, love yourself, <laughs> love yourself. <laughs> Play Secret of Evermore instead. It's a way better game. <laughs> I am. Secret of Evermore and Soul Blazer are kind of the SNES games I want to get to. Those are pretty Next. good games. Life yep. is good. That's Genius of Seferos, and that is all I've been doing. Is that, like, everything? Yeah. Yep. All right, Rat! Hi. Do we have any news? Uh, Square Enix, they're not lo li loving IO Interactive right now. They're looking to sell them. I believe they've already severed ties with them. Uh, is what? Really? Yeah. They like they've withdrawn their entire stake in the company and are just like, uh, yo, we're fucking out. I thought oh, fucking yeah. Hitman did amazing. What happened? I think the new Hitman did amazing critically, not sales. Not not financially. Uh -huh. Maybe if they wouldn't have released it the way they did, I can't help but, but think that that had. The something weird thing to is that everyone who's actually played it loved the release schedule because it made you really focus on that one area for a month. I can see that. Like, I, I thought that that, like, like once I started seeing how it worked, like, because I watched a few yeah. of the Giant Bomb videos, I was like, oh, they really kind of want you to live in this area for a while and kind of yeah. just enjoy it. It, like, really made sense in the way they had, like, repeatable stuff and, like, unlocks and, like, unlocking different weapons to bring in starting locations and, like, elusive targets. Elusive like, targets They really did yeah. have a month of content for each area. Like, it was really smart, the way they handled that, and, yeah. uh, like, IO's, uh, like, they've already said, that, like, like, the rumor is that they're kind of, like, just hoping to continue doing the series, and next year, you know, they're gonna try and do it again. I mean, yeah, so then a s second rumor came out saying that IO actually does still have the Hitman license. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, which uh, would the, be very good. The Hitman the license has been theirs from day one. Gotcha. I mean, when Square bought them, but I don't know. If, I don't know don't if Square know. bought them. I think Square was just working in conjunction with them, and then yeah. Square just said, "Like, okay, we don't want to work with you guys anymore." Yeah, I, that's yeah. that's sort of how I read it. Like, I don't think Square Enix owns the like. Don't nod. Uh, the life that's, is strange, dude. I, mean, I guess that's really good if they don't at this point. Like, I don't think they own them. I think that they like. Like, we have faith in your thing, and we're going to give you money to help put it out, and we're going to publish it. We want a cut of it, but, yeah. like, everything is yours. So uh -huh. I think that that's kind of the same relationship they may have had with IO Interactive. So that means Season 2 is, like, partially done, because yeah, Square also apparently took a $40 million hit from this yeah. for work put into Season 2 that they're not going to get any return on. Yeah. Weird. Weird. It's yeah, like it's it. This one's kind of still new, and we're not really gonna know how yeah. it's gonna shake out until probably more towards like the end of the year or early next year. But, you know, like until IO says something themselves, other than yeah. like what we're hearing, I don't really know like what the future of Hitman is at the moment. It's just such shocking news because everyone loves that new Hitman game. Like it's 
the best one practically since blood know, since blood ever. money i mean there's only one game between blood money and this one i still i still need to play that no you really don't it's the well, only it's really the do. only hitman game i haven't played other than hitman no, you, go you need to play the new one i need to play that shut up <laughs> Shut up! God! Absolution and just play the new one because it's really good. I'll play Absolution then I'll play the new one. Oh my God! You the new one will seem so much better afterwards. Yeah, see, <laughs> I'm setting myself up for success. So that's that's news, I guess. That's all. Yeah. That's a shortest oh, news. Oh, oh, Vanquish came out. Yeah, on Steam. Vanquish came out on Steam. Yeah. Badass. That was, that was the thing. I think people are going to play that game and realize, oh man, Three Force In, oh. it's kind of boring. Actually, I'm not sure if it's out, but it's announced. Yeah, I don't think it's coming out until the 25th. <laughs> uh. You can pre order it, though. Yeah. It's kind of I like do a like surprise. That you get a bonus for pre ordering if you have Bayonetta. Yeah, if you already have Bayonetta. That's really smart, and companies probably need to look into doing that a little more. Because I think you're you're gonna earn a lot of good faith from people if you you start offering them little bonuses like that. Just like, hey, you know, like take ten or fifteen percent off of the next one. We got you. In this case, yeah, it's twenty five percent. It's five bucks. That's pretty substantial. That's pretty $20. substantial, yeah. Because the either of them are only twenty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the Platinum Square two pack. Nice. Maybe they'll do a Mad World next. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if anybody's yeah. clamoring for Mad World. I, yeah, people have been talking about fucking Vanquish since like God. It came out. Yeah, since it came out, that's kind of been the thing. Anytime Platinum did anything on PC, the next <laughs> like all of the fucking comment sections were Vanquish win. Blocked. <laughs> oh God, I love him. Yep. Did you see that um, thing where he 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 posed as Yoko Taro? No. He that's had so good. He had the oh, that, he had the head on, and he was like doing some kind of presentation <laughs> as Yoko Taro, and then he pulled the helmet off. <laughs> that's really good. That's real fucking good. Oh, I love Yoko Taro. <laughs> yeah. You silly, silly man. He's very good. As is Kamiya. Yes, Kamiya is... <laughs> he's hilarious. <laughs> so that's news. Yeah. Alright, do we have any questions? If you got questions, you can send us. You can send them on over to us to podcast.socksmakepeoplesexy.net via email or at SMPS underscore updates on the Twitter box. Very good. You can? Yeah, you can. Okay, this one comes in from Raquel and Roy, and I kind of combined them. Who are your favorite anime or video game mothers? The best um, mom. Oh. The only one I can think of off the top of my head was Toriel from Undertale. I was yeah, Toriel was Toriel's kind of the best mom. Yeah. Um, hmm. And for anime, I was thinking Madoka's mom is pretty rad. Madoka's mom is the shit. She's very good. Yeah. Like, moms don't factor in to anime much unless it's hentai. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus, that's not where my mind is. <laughs> I'm thinking like every anime is practically like, oh yes, my parents my are parents overseas right now. Are so overseas you're never going to see them. Or they're dead. Yeah. 
I think Higurashi hits both of those multiple times. Yeah, That's... yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, the mo- uh, Ryuji's mom uh, from um, Toradora is really, really yes, good. Yes, she's oh. very good. She is just like like exemplary mother. Yeah, and then other Undertale characters like Undine's a good is your is your also your mom and they're uh... all your mom. They're all your mom and they're all very good. Yeah, like, I just does. honestly can't think of any video game examples besides. Yeah, I was like going down on the oh, list there's 10 minutes the, ago trying to find the Final Fantasy 13, who's tough. Yeah, moms are tough. <laughs> That's all I can think of. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, <laughs> Snow's Mom! This mom one's for three. Snow's Mom! <laughs> the Mom and Mother 3. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Geez. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's like saying the mom in Full Metal Alchemist. Ouch! God damn! Ouch! That comes back later on. God. You're <laughs> heartless pricks. God damn. This has the best dad. Yeah. <laughs> None of my great dads in Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> oh my god. All the best dads. Maria's mom in uh, Umineko, best mom. Oh, for <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for what it's worth, Umineko did have a lot of moms. It had a lot of moms. Like... It had a lot of moms. Would you say that yeah. Natsuhi's a good mom? No, I mean, she, of like, the four in that... Of the I four moms in that series, like, I think that of all the moms being that she is not directly of the Ushiramiya family, she's less of a piece of garbage. Yeah. She has her moments, but I think ultimately, I think she's kind of... Like, I think her heart is kind of in the right place. Yeah. Everybody else is just human trash. Um, just as far as shows about people being really nice parents and helping little kids, the Asaka Drop anime. I've never seen an- Specifically the anime. I, was, I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> just said the anime specifically so that we could just focus on the nice show, the nice story as it is. What about, what about, uh, about what about Dragon Maid? Oh, that, oh, they're nice, mom. Yeah, I guess. They're not, <laughs> not technically moms, but... Alright, I think we've got this one. Yeah, I think those are, those are yeah, some good Dra- moms. Dragon Maid actually is a really good answer. Good moms. Good because moms. it's very implied, basically. Yeah. Uh, Jetstorm4 writes in, What is the best update in the Star Wars revisions? <laughs> there are none. I, I'm a big fan of when they added a big rock in front of R2-D2 when he's hiding. You know, to really... <laughs> Really, just know that, that brings it. Yeah, man. Star, uh, John okay, is the, just people were like, they, the, he said this. Uh, he said this in to annoy me. People were like, mm, the special editions aren't that bad. Yeah, Tom like, did this on purpose. Like, like that's bullshit, right? Like that's obviously like we all know that's a, that's just a thing that everybody I, knows is that the special editions are bad. I like the I one mean, where they put. I like the one change. where they put the Backstreet Boys in. That was real good. <laughs> Like we we used Lucasing as a verb for artists fucking with their shit after it's out <laughs> because I mean, he fucked things up so bad. I've been really thinking about the changes, and yeah, there's not a single one that's really like 
that's that's like good a... in any way like Greedo shooting first, Han walking over the Jabba tail. None of it makes the fucking sense. Completely distracting CG additions in that scene. Yeah. Like, Vader shouting no. Oh god. Like there's the like Obi Wan scream that they added. Oh like, god. <laughs> they're all so bad. Yeah. Yeah, they're fucking miserable. They're all yeah. Fuck all of the Star Wars special so, editions. My answer being the rock in front of R two D two because it's the least offensive. Yeah. <laughs> they um they said multiple people were like like somebody searched me on someone with like a Star Wars username was like searching Star Wars on Twitter and added me. Oh, <laughs> Actually, I really like the the changes in Empire. I really like the changes in Empire. I really like changes in Empire. And so I'm looking at trying the, at the Empire changes and trying to figure out which one's like the supposedly good change. Like apparently in the special edition, you see the thing getting its arm cut off, mm -hmm. as in the original, it happens off screen. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I All guess. right. Cool. <laughs> Whatever. Right. Man, right. why do people fucking do that? I cannot stand that on Twitter, and it's one of the main oh. reasons I went fucking private. Is because like people will just search shit and then message you randomly. Yeah. It's like fuck off. It's so weird. Like, I got a bunch of messages when a couple of my tweets went viral, but at least, like, they're seeing the tweet, but, like, searching it way after the fact is such a weird behavior. Or, like, fucking weird journalists that, like, name search themselves and then, like, <laughs> go after people. It's like, man, fuck off. You know that, you know, basically the only people that do this to, have done this to me, besides the Star Wars person, Who? are, um,. Formless video game academics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like Raph Coster and um, Frank Lance both added me on Twitter when I was saying something about something they written without like me adding them or trying oh. to do anything. They were just like, mm, "I see you there. I see you said oh, my fucking, name." That's fucking creepy. It is. They have like thirty thousand followers. It's so they have they're so big, and then they're just like adding me out of the blue. I'm like, who are you? Stop! I heard you talking oh. shit about 3D World Runner. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna search 3D World Runner and just see if anybody besides John message, is tweeting shit about it. Message the first person <laughs> that comes up. Message the first person that comes up and just say, I love that game. God, that's funny. <laughs> but yeah, so that that was like a weird, like... That was weird with the just exclusively being these this kind of academic. Yeah, yeah. Good lord. You're like, you're like 40, 50 year old men just. <laughs> yeah. Alone. You get a lot of that in like like with game discourse and shit, which is why I'm glad I don't follow any of that bullshit anymore. Yeah. Like, good I, God. I, I, discourse, I, man. I don't I, ever want to hear the word discourse my the rest of my life. <laughs> I've ruined my Twitter a lot lately, and I haven't been mad online at all lately. Great. <laughs> Okay, uh, last, last question. question. Tengu Gemini says, what are some games that really excelled in at, at atmosphere for you? This question was inspired by Kikai. Kikai! Oh. Her Kikai. lullaby. Oh, come on. <laughs> Super Metroid. Uh, Metroid yeah, Super Prime. Metroid. Doom 3. Um, Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Ray I think Ray Fez Ray was a big one for me as well. Yeah. Uh, Silent <laughs> Hill. Paddock. Redder. Oh, Redder's really good. Yeah, Redder. Redder's real good. Um, another World. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Another World. 
Um, wow. I've got a bunch of these. Yeah, like, I think we could just sit here and name the, like, we could spend another 20 minutes just listing games, like, that has fantastic Majora's atmosphere. Is the best Zelda at this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Castlevania 1. It's pretty good. Uh, Super C. Yeah. Good shit. Mega Man 2 during those last those last Mega Man 2 and Mega Man X are the best of this the, that series I think. Uh, subterra- subterranean animism. Oh yeah. yeah, good shit. I feel like I when I when he when I said when he saw someone say oh this has such good atmosphere it got me like going down to think of like what what's that like it's really hard to define exactly it's just like. I think of it's atmosphere as in exactly it's a mood. It's like this game makes me feel a certain way. When I play Life is Strange, the first time that I rewound time and I knew shit was never going to be the same, I had a weird feeling the whole time. It was just like everything here feels wrong now. Like because I've changed history, yeah. everything mm-hmm. feels wrong and it keeps getting wronger. <laughs> And Rhett's Rhett, Rhett, a monster. Really, <laughs> Rhett's a monster. Life is Strange also has really good use of, like, music. Oh, God, yes. Like, at the, at the very start, like, you're just walking down the high school halls and a song starts playing and you're just like, yeah, I'm in the mood. Yes, it's like, so this, good. It's setting of tone and a vibe. Yeah, it sets and then, place and everything so goes well. wrong. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, better question, I think. What's What are some really good games with bad atmosphere and some really kind of bad <laughs> games with good atmosphere. Blah. Oh, Jesus. Blah. Okay, okay. I'll I skip like it. Karma... I'm going to skip Dark, it. Like... Dark Souls 2. Dark Souls 2! There you go. <laughs> does not have any sort of consistent atmosphere. No, not at all. All right, the two bad and games then... I like that jump to my brain. Um, Sonic Adventure, I think, is nice. It has just no... <laughs> no atmosphere. C- ...control of tone. Super or... Mario Brothers 1! <laughs> Donkey Kong! Um, and Castlevania Harmony of Dissonance is real boring and kind of bad, but it has a good mood to it, I think. Asteroids! is what, literally what appealed to me, appeals to me about it. Millipede! Okay, Polly, I get I what think you're good. doing here. <laughs> I don't get it. Pac-Man! I don't get the joke. They're games with no mood. <laughs> Those games have mood. Super Mario Run has a ton of mood. Oh, God, it's a bad game. Apparently. I haven't actually played it. Yeah. <laughs> I right. said Super Mario Brothers 1. Oh, I thought you said run. Yeah, I thought you said run. Oh. The phone one. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. It made me very okay. sad. I'm okay. I'm glad we clarified that before I got random Twitter messages. Oh, I heard you talking shit about Super Mario Brothers 1. <laughs> All right. I think that's good on questions. Are that okay. our questions? Is that our questions? I think that's good on a podcast. That's yeah. going to be a podcast. John Thayer, where can we find you if you want to keep up with Far your various games? farawaytimes.com play my new game Kikai it's very good play it it's really good oh my god that's loud yeah it is it's cause I'm <laughs> I'm talking to the microphone like this that's why you it was loud you can find loud. me at n3.tumblr.com <laughs> go play his new game yeah you can find me at socksmakepeoplesexy.net you can go play John's new game and hey I got a new let's play series going on my youtube channel and poly yeah, smps yeah, you're playing an RPG. You yeah. never do that much. I never do that very much, no. Uh, so that's going to do it. We're going to get out of here. And remember, we're the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you. Yeah, snap into it. <laughs>
jeez. Hey, big was, big that, fan that, of big fan of Big Bertha too. That, what do that's all serious. the great Nintendo games have in common? Yep. That's serious. Four. <laughs> that's serious. In second grade, I drew seventy-five pages of different stories, all about different carnivorous plants getting really big and then eating a bunch of people. <laughs> all illustrated. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because I, I, I really like Little Shop of Horrors, and then I found all the books in the library. They had a series of books in our school library about carnivorous plants, and I checked them all out and read all of them, and then wrote stories about the carnivorous plants eating people in their various different ways. So, yeah, I very much was knowledgeable <laughs> about carnivorous plants as a kid. And our, oh, and also my aunt and uncle were part of, my uncle was part of a um, showing of Little Shop of Horrors. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the first plays I ever saw in theaters and in a theater. And they had the pet plant. They had the plant clay clay model, the huge one, Mm. just in their basement after the thing because they they, just went with them. So whenever we went over, we would play with the... Oh my god. <laughs> and just like crawl up in the thing's mouth. <laughs> oh my and it looks like held an entirely different meaning for John. <laughs> just everything in retrospect is like, huh Huh. Well kinda of makes sense. It all comes together. Like six months they got rid of it and I was like, oh no. <laughs> So this big bottle of a carnivorous plant that eats people. We oh. could play with play in it. 